Well, hello there. I feel really sorry for my next guests because they're really poor. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Dan and Skinny from The Poor. Hey, boys, how you going? Awesome. Yeah. Awesome, awesome. Mate, the background's looking good there. You guys are at your rehearsal room, I believe? Yes, we are. You are, you are. And um, I think you guys might even be rehearsing for something a little special coming up. Um, are you guys, you got the, the back and black thing coming up soon, huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Next, next, next year, that one. Oh, that's next year. Oh, I thought that was coming up real soon. So I didn't. Shows you how much research I do going into these things. Uh, there's, there's, <laughs> something else, there's something else coming up real soon. You're close. Before that. You're almost there. What's coming up real soon? Well, you got ACDC, and then there's uh, another worldwide band called Kiss. Never heard of them. <laughs> Never uh, heard of them. Do you want <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, if you want to jump through the screen, mate, yeah. <laughs> I, I have kissed you before at a party. It was fucking bad. <laughs> yes, I apologise. It's not my uh, not my forte. Not my forte. Uh, <laughs> I'm more about the fucking. <laughs> so, Kiss, how the hell did this come about, guys? Because you guys have supported quite a few cool bands along the way. You guys have supported ACDC... Uh, what else have you done? You fill me in. What have you guys done in the past prior to this? Okay. Supports. So, ACDC. Yep. Kiss, Van Halen, Rose Tattoo, Alice in Chains, The Divinals, In Excess, The Angels, Screaming Jets, Baby Animals. Uh, where can we go? Uh, Sammy Yeager, um, what else? What was on in America? Oh, Scorpions. Wow. Um, so you guys done any bands that people have actually heard of? or? Uh, yeah, just... yeah, nah. <laughs> <laughs> Austin Bieber? <or>? <laughs> <laughs> He's next. <laughs> He's next. <laughs> awesome, awesome. So you said Kiss is coming out. Uh, how far off is that? November 28th. November. Awesome. Are you guys doing like the full run around Australia with them, or are you just doing local shows? What, what's it going? No, nah, they, they got a local local band in just about every city. So, I mean, uh, Screaming Jets are doing Newcastle, um, and Dallas of the Kings, Sydney, Sydney, Dallas. Yeah. Is it Dallas Crane? Yeah, I in think yeah, Dallas, Dallas Crane. We're in Brisbane. Uh, what's 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 that uh, other band? Something Fire. There's two shows in Melbourne, isn't there? Yeah, yeah, anyway, we're doing the Brisbane one. Cool, cool. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, for those who don't know, Dan's actually pretty new to the band. Um, I've known Dan for a little while. I've known Skinny for a little while. When I saw that Dan was the new guitar player in The Poor and I didn't get a call to actually have a shot at those guys, there's only two guys, two local guys that I'm okay with getting the job in the poor without me getting a call, and Dan's one of them. How the hell did you come across uh, Dan? Because he is quite a mighty young guitar player. How did you well, find him, Skinny? to tell that story because, um, uh, well, Matt's not here, and Matt was the one that told me. And uh, Matt's, you know, the bass player in the band. Yep, yep. And me and him have been in the band since we started in 1986. 86, and, Jesus. Uh, uh, Year uh, before I was born. Yeah. <laughs> See? 
And um, Matt was just saying, oh, fuck, we've got to check this guy out. And we, we just went on a wing and a prayer and, and uh, went, well, fuck. We didn't have anyone. I had a few guys in. I had a few guys in mind. <laughs> and, uh, but uh, you, yeah. you told me, Skinny, along the way, that as soon as you jammed with Dan, you just went, "Do we need to do this anymore? This guy's. Yeah, this guy's that, got that it." Was, that was it. It was yeah. just like pretty much second song in. He was like, "We joined, we need to go to the pub." <laughs> yeah. I just, I, I just said, "Why?" I I, I said, "Turn around to." Um, Matt and Gavin just said, well, I don't need to fucking walk away from this rehearsal and and go and uh, think about this. As far as I'm concerned, he's in. And they and the turned, turned to the rest of the boys and they went, fucking, yep, we agree. Yep, yep. No, Dan actually, uh, I've filled in for Dan's bands, uh, one of his cover bands in the past, and um, always known that he was quite a dynamic performer, which... Um, and you know him in real life, he's kind of, kind of a shy, reserved kind of guy, but he gets up on stage and he's all got the hair going around, the jumps and all that. And, um, yeah, yeah no. look at him right now, he's shitting himself. That's why I've got my companion here, just the moral yeah. support, just to keep me, keep me sane here. Yeah, like I said, guys, <laughs> doing this, man, you, you forget. We just end up just us talking shit like we normally would, catching up with folks, and before you know it, you go, Really? We've been talking for two hours, three hours? But, uh, yeah. No, it was good, good choice there in, in getting Dan. Um, so, Dan, had you heard much stuff? You, you were a bit of a fan, a fan of the band beforehand? Yeah. I, my mum had their album when I was a kid, actually. And um, I'm not sure whether it was before I started playing guitar, but I remember I used to put that album on at home when my parents weren't even at home. I used to just crank the shit out of it. And I just like I knew all the songs, like, but I never learnt any of the stuff prior to getting the call about playing with the poor. And I don't know why. I'm I pretty much put it down to the fact that I loved the album when I was younger, but I was still um, not good enough to play the stuff at that point in time. And I sort of just moved on to other stuff to learn. And I never went back and learned any of the poor stuff. I just loved the album. Yeah, yeah. I gotta say, like, I, first time I ever saw the poor was at the playroom back in the early '90s. And Skinny, you said you've been together since '86, and you guys have got a reputation of being one of the hardest rock and roll bands in Australia. And um, man, you guys really are a standout uh, live act that I've seen over the years. So he's again at the Big Day Out a few years ago, and just mind blowing as a front man. If anyone hasn't seen Skinny, he's got the goods uh, with Dan on, on guitar now. Man, it's a that's a powerhouse combo. I, I, I reckon you guys, are, it's a great pairing. Thanks, man. That's, 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 a, that's an awesome thing to say. Fucking, and that, that's what we've always prided ourselves on. You know, it's, 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 the, it's the live show and every song that we write. You know, it's, it's all about what can be heard to the people, you know, like, um, and, and everything that can relate to the people, you know. Yeah, yeah. And, um, and having Dan in the fucking band now, it's like just like it's it's, it's almost like uh, every, everyone's not watching me anymore; they're watching him. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's totally. Awesome, yeah, man. he's one of those guys, isn't he? Yeah. Well, we're, we're, you know, we work together, and it's fucking, and, and the more more, it's like 
the more that that we're playing, it's just it's just fucking into it, you know. Yeah. Start yep. starting to learn where to go and not not run into this guy because <laughs> he loves to run around on the stage, and I'm very much like that as well. I love having my room, so like. I've got to be. You got your peripheral. Yeah, I got to be. Like, got to be mindful that I don't swing around and accidentally clobber him one. Yeah. Actually, you, on our last tour, he smacked me in the face with his guitar, <laughs> and I was like, "Whoa!" And it just was one motion, and you know, none the wiser. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I was gonna. Ask, I was gonna ask if you guys have had any uh, monumental clashes on stage so far. Just one. Might just one. And mouth guard on, on stage, I think. Go out live. Go out with some padding, you know, get ready for war. That's it. <laughs> let's, let's armor up. Yeah. <laughs> I gotta say, most of my guitars have got uh, dints in the in the end of the headstock, and it's usually from lead singers um, who keep putting their fucking mic stand right in front of me. They'll be rocking out, and then they grab their mic stand, they go boom, put it right in front of me, and boom, there it is. And it's like they're bastards like that. They're yeah. bastards. Oh, bastards are right. Yeah. So skiing. Guitar have a little bit of consideration when it comes to that. It's the ones that don't play an instrument that you got to worry about. True, very <laughs> true, very true. Yeah, I'll play an instrument. Yeah, that's what I mean. Sometimes, <laughs> sometimes. <laughs> well, this is this is why I, I was stoked to get you in on it as well, Skeeny, is because when the solo's going on, you grab the guitar and you become Malcolm for a for a solo, which is yeah. really good and it really works live. It fills out the band um it doesn't sort of drop and become one less um so that's freaking awesome is that something you've always done um well when i when i first you know when we've, the the band started and that i fucking had no idea how to play guitar it was a, uh, about two years in i started learning how to play and and then and then i was you know started going to the boys you know fuck it maybe i'll just come in on those little bits and and then we'll, once I got me um, once I got my first cordless mic because I'll, I'll be singing and then I, I got got to put me my arm through the guitar as I pick it up yeah right you don't want to don't want to lead happening there because it'll just fuck you up yep so yeah it, it just started working and then and then yeah I, because just just watching great musos yeah like, play so fucking tight all the time it makes you tight you know? it does and doesn't it that's what that's what's made me a, a, a great rhythm player you know like uh, just listening to these guys all the time yeah. I, I give all the credit to them awesome awesome yeah, you're only as good as the musos you're hanging out with. That that's for sure. That's for sure. Now, Skinny, as I said, man, you guys have well, you mentioned you've been around since '86, and by the time I saw you guys, and I reckon it's probably about '91 or something, you guys were definitely a well-oiled machine and just firing on all four cylinders, all eight cylinders. Um, fuck it, all twelve cylinders. And um, dude, tell us a bit bit about how the band originally got together and everything. Um. Well, straight out of school, um, the the very first guitarist um, when when I moved to Darwin, I moved from Victoria to Darwin, and um, the first guy I sat next to in, in my home class in in uh, at Dripstone High School in Darwin uh -huh. um, was Chris Ridsdale, the original guitarist, who was who's uh, sadly died last year. Oh, bummer. But, 
yeah, he was. He he, and the first thing he showed me was a guitar book, this book of guitars, you know. And well, I was right into it, and um, we became friends straight away. Started going to some parties that um, that uh, he he used to, you know, just have parties and and him and Matt and the first drummer. Um, Mark Davis, we used to play in the corner, and that and as soon as the first party I ever went to, I just came up and just started singing with him. You know, he's, he's getting into it, uh, just loving it. You know, I was a bit of a punky sort of dude back then, and um, and then then it started getting a little bit more serious, and they started auditioning singers, and and uh, I knew I already had it. <laughs> and and and, and, the, and the, they've said the same thing. You know, fucking, we just had to do it, you know, and audition other. Uh, but from from them, we just we actually had a band. Was there was another guitarist in the band? This um, older Wog dude, and uh, he. It was the band was called Foreplay, and we <laughs> we, we did we did our first. First gig was all these cover bands at, at um, Darwin Amphitheatre, and uh, there was there was like heaps of all these cover bands, and it's like my first gig, and I wore a pair of blue jeans, some thongs, and a VB singlet. <laughs> <laughs> Classic. <laughs> Classic. So that that was your first band? Uh, yeah, that, yeah, but it was pretty much the poor boys. Things until haven't we, changed very until, much. <laughs> yeah, until we kicked out Mikey. Okay. And, um, my brother's seventeenth um, birthday. He's two years younger than me. My my brother's seventeenth birthday on tenth of October, nineteen eighty six. We did our first gig as the Poor Boys. So, cool. Yeah. Cool. Awesome. So, how come you guys changed from the Poor Boys just to the Poor? What went on there? Um, there was a band in um, in the states. Yeah. And when we were trying to bust into the States, there was a band in the States. Um, they were called the Poor Boys as well. They were signed to Hollywood Records and they had um, the copyright on the name the Poor Boys. And we wanted to bust into the States, so our boys dropped. <laughs> dropped the boys. <laughs> and, and, and we became the poor. And uh, because we we had the we had the copyright for the for the name of the Poor Boys in Australia, so we never let them have it. Yeah, okay. <laughs> so we had the Poor and the Poor Boys. Ha ha ha! Fuck them. Anyway, they they got dropped from Hollywood Records, and fucking see you later. Yeah. <laughs> so, are you guys still writing new material as well? What, what's we going on? We just wrote a song last night. Awesome. Yeah, it's down. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Oh. I, I gotta say right now, just the lighting you guys have got and everything. Dan looks like he should be like in Bohemian Rhapsody, you know that that shot where they got the the four of them and just the lighting and stuff. <laughs> it's He's awesome. In the dark. He's in the dark. No, no, in a cool way, in a very cool way. Yeah, yeah, Galileo, Galileo. You know, one thing I've never tried to jam over Skype, so I'm guessing me singing along to you then was going to be completely out of time. <laughs> so let's talk some guitars. I'm looking in between you guys there and I'm seeing Les Pauls, which, you know, 
I'm thinking the poor. That's kind of a Les Paul kind of band. But we've got an EVH head and a Marshall head. Is this your rig, Dan? Yeah, so... Tell us about it, man. EVH 5150, the 50 watt. So yep. it's the one made by Fender. Yep. And then I've got a vintage modern Marshall, English Marshall over there. Oh, cool. And I've just currently got them running just both together. Yeah. So I've got my pedal board running through the EVH. And I'm just going to stop you there, man. When you said both together, like, so are you running in stereo there? No, so no. pedal board. Pedal board, yeah. So when you say running them together, like how, how are you doing that? Like right, both so running it at once in parallel? Yeah, so I've just got my signal running into a Big Shot ABY. Yep. Into the front, and then that's just going left out to the, the Marshall. Yep. And I've just got it set as like a sort of like a vintage ACDC like crank and tone. Mm-hmm. I pretty much just set this up for our upcoming tour that we're doing just to, to get a more of a dynamic sound where I've got, cause, because we're playing a lot of the stuff myself, to have that, that fatness like Malcolm yep. coming up underneath the sound that will be more Angus. Yep. So I've got my pedal, my pedal board just how I usually have the pour set up just into the EVH. Yep. That rig set up normally. Mm-hmm. I've got the three three leads set up on it yep and then i've just got the other one just sent to the other channel and then i can just select it to kick in whenever i want or not cool cool and what are the so, cabs you got got there what are those cabs so those cabs are my dad built them for me oh really so they're just, yeah they're just custom built so he did some research on specs and depths and and stuff but yeah. he's a guru he's a guru he's cool man yeah yeah Pretty good. So the one over here is actually closed back. Yeah. And it's got 6505 PV speakers in it. Yep. And they're wired, so they're 300 watts. Mm-hmm. They're not sure what that damage is. Yeah. So that's 16 ohm cab on its own. Yeah. 300 watt. And then this one here is an open back, and it's cool. got um, the speakers out of a classic 50 combo. Mm-hmm. Because I have a classic 50 combo back home that's now got no speakers in it. Okay, okay, yeah, yeah. How many watt are those? Uh, can't remember what they are each. I think they might be 75 watt or something like that each. And then wired together. So that's wired 16 ohm, 300 watt as well. Okay, I think. cool. Whatever they are. And then if I want to run them both together through the EVH, I just put it on 8 ohms and run them both together. Because nice. that's wired them so that they're series or parallel, so then they they'll be eight ohm when you put them together. Yep. And cool. then then it's like six hundred watts of power. Cool. And what do you got on the floor, pedal wise? Just um, pretty simple. Yeah. I'll, I'll oh, up, Skinny. Out. Yeah, yeah, I'll man. Pick, oh, that's all right. I'll pick it up. You've been uh, designated as the the roadie. Yeah. Oh. There we go. It's going to fall apart on me here because I've just got it. All right. Cool. And so what do you got there, man? Talk us through it. All right. So just yeah, pretty... I'll hold it. You fucking do the talking. All right. <laughs> so I'm just pretty much running, like I said, a three-lead system with, with, with the paw. So <laughs> I can't concentrate with this guy. <laughs> Uh, I'm just going straight into, you know, the Morley Wah, bad, yep. bad horsey. Yep. Into the, this Montone 
lemon squeeze compressor. Yeah. Actually, very cheap. Like probably like eighty dollar compressor. Yeah. Okay. Sometimes those cheap pedals are the ones, man. Yeah, oh, it's awesome. Like I've got an SP. Holy fucking shit! This weighs a ton. <laughs> <laughs> I got like three or four compressors that I bought trying to hunt down a compressor that sounded better than this. Yeah. And I just can't replace it. So I just bought another one. So I got two of those. Cool. One on my other board and one on this one. It's yeah. just real um, transparent. Mm-hmm. So it's just can't really tell it's there but it just it boosts and colors the amplifier so it just gives it a bit more sustain and actually brings out a lot more elements of the amp if i turn it off the amp will actually sound a bit dull yeah so are you I'm just all, using it when you're playing clean or do you use that with your distortions as well everything i keep really? it on all the time yeah oh, okay so i never i never have it turned off so it just it just creates just i don't know it's just kind of like more my just my tone really it's just always been there yep um I've got this in here for an emergency if the rig goes down, just if I need to plug into like another clean head or something. And what is that? So it's just the 5150 overdrive, so it just sort of replicates the 5150 head. It, does it sound actually like the head or is it ballpark? It's, it's like, yeah, I know what you're trying to do. Yeah, it's ballpark. It's, it's not quite as, as good. Yep. Um, but I can get away with it. So. Um, and then from there, I've got this multi-overtone pedal by Boss, which kind of does a bit of everything from like that 12-string sort of sound to kind of like a micro-pog as well. Yeah, right. But I'd never heard of them. Yeah, it sort of just brings out the little overtones and stuff. You can have it set real minute, so it just it brings out the little character and notes in it separates the notes a bit more. It yep. looks like old beast. Yeah. It's actually one of, it's not that old, it's just falling apart. <laughs> I think the boss have never changed their design. It looks like it's probably from the 60s. Um, I think no, boss have only been around since the 70s, so. <laughs> there you go. So, there you go. The same, is that? Um, so that's just the front. Yep. And then I got this running separate, so out to the effects loop. Yep. And then, yeah, just pretty much, so it's coming in here. Mm-hmm. So I've just got a micro chorus, which I rarely use. It's just there in case I need it. I think I use it for Man of War, the intro. Yep. Um, reverb, which I didn't know what I thought about it when I first got it because it's, you know, I I stopped using reverbs for about two years because one of my old um, Holy Grail reverbs died and didn't work. But when I got this, are you right there? Still heavy? No, I'm good. Um, it kind of like boosts, boosts the signal as well. So it's got... The reverb like, does. Yeah, this one here, the the Creamer by T Rex. Yeah, okay. It just gives it like a natural boost, and and then just gives almost gives the essence of a compressor as well. Cool. So um, I pop that on and just turn it right down, so it's only slightly in there. Yep. And then I've got the Time Machine Vox. Yeah. The Joe Gianni delay pedal, and then. Just finish it off with the volume pedal, just so I can just turn Control it down. Everything. Yeah. Awesome, awesome. And what about you, Skinny? What are you, what are you playing through, man? Straight through my Marshall JCM eight hundred lead series. Nice. And guitar, so, the the one with the pointy headstock behind you is yours, isn't it? 
Yeah. Yeah, I forget. Is that a Charvel or something? Nah, it's a Kramer. Kramer. Psych. Oh, nice. You yeah, had that one a while, huh? I've had. Uh, did a gig for this guitar. You did a gig for day. that. Yeah. Yeah, six, uh, 600 bucks was, was, the, was what we used to charge for a gig back in the day. Yeah. And, uh, and uh, yeah, this guy had one, and, and I was like, I want it. And he goes, well, you can do a gig for that. You can, you can play at our party. And I said, boys, I need to get that guitar. And that was like, that was like the real change. Awesome. For me. Becoming a guitarist, yeah, yeah, for real. Yeah. Is that something you started doing way early in the piece? I think you said you did, yeah. Or was that something later on? You were going, oh, I just need to fill it out a bit. Or did you wait to get a bit better on guitar before you started doing that? Or what was the thought there? No, no, it was pretty much as soon as, soon as I could. Well, I had enough balls to play on stage. I, I was into it, and but the guitars that I had were shit, so. Um, when we when we did this, that was pretty much, God, about a year after I'd been playing. Okay. So about three years into the band, and I got got that guitar, and then and then just after that, uh, I got my Marshall. So. Nice, nice. Now, Dan, Dan, prior yeah. to this years ago, you were in a little band called Nine Sons of Dan. Yeah. How old how old were you when you were doing that? Um so it was two thousand and eight, I think we started. Um so what am I it would have been what's that, nine years ago? I'm thirty two now, so what's that? That's eleven years ago. Eleven. Yeah. Um, okay. So my question is, how the fuck can you have nine sons when you were twenty years old? <laughs> <laughs> about me oh, well, that's what he's doing i was just highly i was just highly he was the nine son he was my nine son oh yeah okay okay yeah yeah nine so, son was supposed to be nine son was dan <laughs> <laughs> no it's actually um papa skinny yeah, just, just highly fertile yeah sure yeah, yeah. <laughs> i'm joking um you were, you were actually, working at a fertility clinic and um Populated yeah, I, that everyone yourself, yeah. I had the best sperm, so everyone just came in and used mine. So this is what happened. <laughs> Classic. Now, I mean, dude, I, I've I've talked to you talked to you about Nine Sons of Dan. Um, I can't say I've actually heard you. Now I've seen a film clip or two, but you guys were doing all right for a while there, weren't you? Yeah, we did quite well for you know a few years. You probably never heard of us because most of our, you know. Age bracket was fifteen to seventeen. Yeah, They're old girls. They that's that were the people that used to follow us. Tough no life. That. Tough life. Oh, there's not a problem with that at all. No, we <laughs> did quite well. We had um, we had a song that was on that made the charts and stuff. Uh, She's so fine back in 2012, I think it was. Cool. Um, She's so fine. No, nah, not that one. That's oh. that's the easy beats, isn't it? <laughs> uh, <laughs> Yeah, so we did a few big gigs. We um, toured with Simple Plan and did a did the GC six hundred with Good Charlotte and supported the Darkness. Awesome, man! Nice, yeah, good. And I love the Darkness. Yellow Card, and I think 
Tonight Alive, which are now quite big. Back when they were, I think before they made it big in America, we did a gig with them. Yeah. And yeah, I know. Few, we did a Rock the Schools tour around Australia, which was a government-based, um, it was like a, a tour that they did around all the schools. Um, pretty much, in, and they had pretty much just a full setup, and we used to just go around and just rock up and just perform and they would do workshops about pro tools and stuff to the kids and and we they'd have a feature band each year and um yeah we did that for six weeks or seven weeks and then did another one in wa as well which was actually really good for our band back then because pretty much um that's where a lot of our fans came from with like the hundreds of kids that watched us every day at the schools cool cool awesome we just got a, a, a comment in the um, in the comments and reactions section that says Skinny's love child fucking rocks. <laughs> <laughs> yes, he does. Yes, he does. He's yeah. not actually my son. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, this is a, a guitar kind of uh, chat. So, Dan, I'm going to hit you with, man. What made you get into guitar in the first place? Oh. My sister's boyfriend at the time played guitar, and, and you just I, thought it was cool. He brought it. He brought it around to the house. I'm pretty sure. And then, so my my memory's a bit fuzzy from when I was younger. So, uh, yeah. And then, like too much drugs. <laughs> I never took any idiot. <laughs> um, yeah. And then I I think my dad saw that I showed interest in it because I was just like, oh wow. Um, and so he bought me a nylon string acoustic for my 10th birthday. Oh, wow. But I know that it stems back further than that because I remember jumping around on the lounge with this cut, like wooden cutout of a guitar that my dad did years before that because he's a cabinet maker. So I remember he, he did that and I, I used to jump around on the lounge pretending to, to be a rock star. And I think that was before I even knew I wanted to play guitar, really. So um, I think it was always in my, in my blood, I think, to rock. Cool, cool. I, I was the same, man. I, I remember being like a little three-year-old and jumping around up and up on the the bed with a tennis racket to Neil Diamond's Hot August Night. Um, nice, nice, I, just, I, I did the same. Yeah, Hot yeah. August Night, oh sure, mate. absolutely. Love that album. Yeah, yeah. I think uh, when when it's in the blood, like even before you even know it, huh? You, you just you know that it's for you. Yeah, yeah. But it was weird because no one in my family played music, so like. Um, and it wasn't until years later that my dad found out that his mum was actually really good at piano, but he never knew that until wow. until I was like much older and already touring and playing music. So, um, and I think it was something that he always wanted to do when he was younger, but he never got the chance. So we didn't know really where my talent came from. I think it was just all those years practicing in my bedroom. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That happens. How about you, yeah. Skinny? Like, what got you into singing? You said you started out at this party. Uh, Had you sung before that, or was it just like yeah. I'm gonna have a go with this? I was singing all my life. Yeah, like, like Dan was saying about you know, well, like you were saying, you know, with the with the tennis racket. Actually, our parents used to get me, my brother, and my two cousins, Warren and Julie. Um. And we used to have to do a do a show for them whenever there was a party, and um, yeah, I'd, I'd always be singing, and, and and my cousin Julie would always be singing, 
and my cousin wanted to be playing guitar, and they, all, all of them except except for me, me brother, he's well, he used to he used to play trumpet in the, in the uh, school band. Okay. Uh, but Warren, me guitarist, uh, my my cousin, he he used to. Uh, I mean, he was in the poor for a little while. Julian, is he? Was he your cousin? No, no, not Julian. Oh. Warren. Oh, okay, okay, yep. Yeah. Yeah, cousin Warren, he, he was in the band for a while. This was before Julian. Yeah, yep. Yeah. yeah um, and Julie, my my other cousin, she she's like an awesome singer. Like she's like Linda Rodstadt sort of sort of vocal. Wow. Yeah, and just just from. You know, when we were kids, just I just always sang, always sang, always sang. I loved singing. Yeah, yeah. Awesome, awesome. Well, it paid off, didn't it? Like I, I remember you telling me once about um, when you guys were touring with ACDC and Brian Johnson yeah. saying to you, man, if I ever ever have a shit night and can't go on, you're my man. Yeah, yeah. He said, if I ever get that, said, listen, son. And there was a whole bunch of um, my friends and family around at that time. Wow. He goes, yeah. Because we just walked off stage and everyone was sort of there to greet. And he goes, Listen, son, if I ever get the flu, hey, can you fill in for me? <laughs> and I went, Fucking oath. <laughs> I'm actually surprised I didn't call you up when they, when he went down. I mean, yeah. He couldn't sing anymore. There was, I did see some people on Facebook uh, posting when, they, when um, he had to pull the pin that um, everyone's going, Yeah, you should get skinny, you should get skinny. I did see some of that getting around. Yeah. Yeah, I would have liked to have done that. Well, some of the yeah, who wouldn't? Some of the the stuff I've seen you doing ACDC in the past, man. You can nail Bon and uh, and Brian. So um, that that's not many people can do that. You got yeah, you got fucking you grow up listening to it. And that, that's what I grew up singing, you know. Like and and you know you can't deny that. Like fuck, it's it's like guitarists learning to play. You know, fucking if there was someone that loves Mark Knopfler, they end up having a great finger finger picking and, and um, you know, just awesome tone. And, uh, totally, yeah. totally. Yeah, what what you listen to definitely seeps in, yeah. You, you said Mark Knopfler, and um, when I'm playing clean style, to my ears I sound like I'm blatantly trying to sound like Mark Knopfler. Now that I say that, people are going to pick the shit out of my playing. But... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but but boom boom, pick the shit out of it. Yes, yes. Like, <laughs> how does he hold his hand like that? Yeah. Skinny, one thing I wanted to know, man. Um, singing, especially in the style that you do, is very demanding on you physically. Um, and you know, you, you're getting older now, mate. You're in your thirties. So, um, <laughs> do, you, do you ever? Um, do you ever? Get, <laughs> do you add twenty years to that? Shut <laughs> up, my father. You're my brother. So, uh, do, you, do you ever think to yourself, man, I'm just getting too old for this shit to go out there and put as much effort into you, into it as you do? Or is it a case of when the lights go down, man, it's it's all on? Fucking, it's all on, man. Yeah. It's all on fucking just about every day. Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, no, fucking, it's, it's just something. I mean, it gets tough sometimes. Yep. But, um, it's just the love, you know, the love and the the camaraderie and the fucking just 
the love of music and and our band you know our yeah. band to me is fucking the best band in the world you know but i'm a bit biased yeah you know but, fucking, I, but that's the way i treat it you know like fucking i love being with these guys you know yeah i, I gotta say man like there's there's a handful of classic aussie pub rock bands and you guys are, are definitely one of them you know with the baby animals, um, angels, screaming jets. You know, it was a last of a breed, man. You guys just that Aussie pub rock sound was an absolute killer. So it's great to see you guys still kicking, and it's not like there's you know one member trying to fly the flag still. It's yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So um, yeah, man, uh, you guys kick ass. If anyone's never seen the poor wife, go see him because, and they'll be coming to a town near you. Um, <laughs> One hell of an experience, I gotta say. Ooh, cheers, man. Thank yeah. you very much. Yeah. yeah. So, Dan, I'm trying to hit some buttons over here, but my things are. Ah, gotta bring it into focus. Hold on one sec. Do you yep. want a beer? I've got one here. Oh, you got one there? I'm going to get Rick one. You're going to get one, man. That's cool. That's cool. I'll chat to Dan. Yeah. yeah. I'll yeah. be back. One jiffy. Shake of the lamb's tail. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Dan, Dan. What are you working on and you're playing now, man? What what do you... I mean, we all have times where we go, man, my alternate picking sucks or my knowledge of the fretboard sucks, I need to expand. What are you working on and you're playing right now? Do you get time to work on playing stuff when you're playing? Um, well, lately it's just mainly just getting prepared for tours and stuff. Um, recently it's just been honing in on that Back in Black album that I've been preparing for our next tour because we're doing the the Back in Black ACDC tribute 40th anniversary tour in January onwards. Cool. So, I mean, I'm just being honing in on, on that stuff, trying to get get a touch on some of Angus's, you know, stuff. Because, like, I mean, I grew up playing a lot of Zeppelin and Sabbath and, and all that. I did play a little bit of ACDC, but I didn't focus really hard on, on his technique or any of his style. So I like to... You know, I like to recreate, not recreate, but I like to learn things from other guitarists and then put put their styles into my own, really. So um, I haven't, I don't really sit down and focus on too many techniques as such anymore. I, if I rehearse or practice, I generally just sit down and play whatever's coming to my mind and yep. just try to expand my own mind and my, you know, patterns and, and just play how I'm feeling. Uh-huh. Um, if I'm feeling a bit rusty, I'll, I'll I'll go over go over a pattern that I'm I'm used to 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 separate my brain from my fingers. Like I'll do, I think there's a technique that a uh, little warm up exercise that Steve Vai used to do, um, which was just a four finger exercise where you just transition between the different patterns all the way up the scale and back down. Cool. Uh, just just to get kind of like a bit of separation from what's going on here to my brain kind of thing and, and just to, to get each finger working individually so I don't have to focus so hard on it yeah. mentally. Yeah. Um, I, I do a lot of that stuff too just so like when I'm on stage, I don't have to think so hard about what I'm playing. I can actually just, I can concentrate more on rocking out. So as long as I, you know, muscle memory yep. and getting that down so it's, I don't have to think too hard. Yeah. But yeah. He's definitely got that fucking down. Yeah. Oh yeah. Like some of the shit that he does, I on stage I'll just go. Holy 
fuck? Did you just do that? Uh, and he's like, at the same time, he's like got the guitar over here and he's fucking jumping in the air and, you know, I'm like, what the fuck, Heather? Yeah. And, I, and, and it was it's so funny because when he first joined the band and we got, we got the songs down, I didn't realise how much, you know. You never well, seen me play live yeah, before. Not, at, not only that, or like what he did on stage, but like how much more he could play. You know? yeah, right. Because I said to him, you know, he, he was asking, you know, do you want me to just do this in the solos and, and like keep it straight on? Or I said, just fucking play whatever you want to fucking play, mate. Nice. Play, nice. play the songs, but, but, um, but be, be, be yourself, you know. <laughs> yep. And he's fucking just fucking blossomed and, yeah, it's, he's an awesome player, man. Yeah, right. totally, totally, yeah. Well, like I say, man, when, um, on the coast here, um, there's only a couple of guys I can think of that would fit the bill. Uh, and, yeah, you got the right guy there. There's not many guys with Dan's stage presence that can join a new band, go up there and pull that off without coming across as a knob. Like, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You're you seeing a new, a new band... Uh, a new guitar player in a band, and you're like, "Hey, dude, you're the new guy. Fucking stand up the back or something." But no, Dan's just got it. He looks natural. It's not like he's he's trying hard. He just fucking rocks. That was one thing I was actually worried about when I on the first tour. I was so nervous because, obviously, because I loved the band when I was a kid, but just that I was going to be able to live up to the standard, like for the fans, because you know the band had been around for twenty five, thirty years or whatever that he's been around. Without really like a guitar change, you know, I was the first cha- full change member. Like that's, you know, like yeah. Well, since since we were playing covers, yeah, yeah. Right. yeah. So that's when my cousin was was playing, and then Julian came in the band, and then and then we started writing songs from then on. Yeah, so I was a bit I was a bit nervous on that first tour because I didn't want to come across as like I, I wanted to make sure the fans. You know, weren't disappointed. So, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, but I did, yeah, I didn't want to come across like that's why I said to Skinny when before the tour, like, I just want to make sure that I'm playing within the bounds of the band. Like, I didn't didn't go full, you know, Eddie Van Halen on their ass and just, yeah, yeah. It's <laughs> not, you know, because I'm capable of playing like a lot of that stuff if I need to, a lot of shred stuff. So I had to like sort of just play what needed to be played and, and then just perform to what I think needed to be there and not yeah. overstep my bounds but yeah but we 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 already sort of established that in when when he was getting the songs down you know where yeah. when he when something wasn't going like in the way of the fucking in the way of the song most of the time i was just basically saying you know dan this is this is where the, the song is you know fucking it's just it's fucking feel the fucking feel the rhythm of the song. The song is fucking going like this because that's that's pretty much the poor songs, you know. Where, where, when there, when there's a riff like "Ain't on the Chain," you know, digga 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 digga. When when that 
that fucking rhythm is going. You gotta really listen to that rhythm because it is just a fucking. It's it. in the pocket, but you, but it's yeah. So like like I said, you're sitting back in there, just going. He's a fucking train just yep. cruising along, you know, like fucking. <laughs> Guys, we got a few com- we got a few comments in the um, in the, the live chat. Uh, Dame Dixie chick, fuck yes, skinny for ACDC. Uh, now also, I just saw in here. I got a few. Ask skinny, ask skinny to do some rap dancing. <laughs> <laughs> That's from Rob Giddings. Ah, oh, fucking Rob. <laughs> <laughs> He's an old old boy. Uh, Dame Dixie Chick is also saying Skinny will still be rocking when they put him in the box. Uh, Are you you coming to Adelaide for that? I assume they're talking about the... um, Box. (laughs) Come to Adelaide and put me in the box. Yeah, put you in the box in Adelaide. <laughs> Wouldn't be the first time you've been in a box in Adelaide. No, uh, I'm, uh, I'm not going in a box. They're fucking burning me, mate. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> carbon back into the earth. Yeah. So, uh, are you guys going to be going to Adelaide for the? I'm assuming they're talking about the ACDC Back in Black um, album tour. I don't think there's any shows in Adelaide yet. Not as yet. Not as yet. But um, there are. Yeah. There are. Yeah. Possible shows on the horizon, but we don't what? we don't know where they are as yet. <laughs> okay, uh, ask Skinny to talk out the Nightcliff days. Do you know what that means? Yeah, I know exactly what the Nightcliff days are. What are you talking about? Hey, hey, it's Wednesday, or are you talking about uh, because the Nightcliff Hotel used to have a a, a a mesh across the front of it. Oh, really? Across the stage, yeah, and like chicken wire. The Thursday <laughs> nights, we used to get up there and play. We were a cover band back in the day, and um, all all of all the black fellows would be out the front just throwing fucking bottles and shit. Like it was crazy, like full on crazy. Um, yeah, I remember those days. Remember, hey, Wednesday. Uh-huh. Night. So Dame Dixie Chick says to tell Skeety, tell Skeety it's Brighty. He won't me won't know me by my other name. So if that rings a bell for yeah, you, know. yeah, yeah, she's Dame Dixie Chick, and she's saying, you "What know, the fuck? No shows in Adelaide." I ask her about it, about the time she was at the front, um, in the uh, in the jelly wrestling ring. Well, she just heard you. She's watching, so I'm sure she'll drop a comment about that. <laughs> I still remember, bro. Don't you worry about that. Yeah, yeah. Now, man, you're saying about the chicken wire. I, I've done one gig. It was in Darwin. It was, no, I tell a lie. It was Tennant Creek. Smack bang between Darwin and wow. Alice Springs. I played a show there. I've never been so scared in all my life walking down the street, man. And they had chicken wire across the stage. That was a first for me. Tennant Creek was probably the roughest town in the NT. Yeah. Yeah. Did you play Stand By Your Man? <laughs> no, man. Man, we... 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 we um, <laughs> Stand By Your Man. Give him two arms to cling to. And something warm to come to when nights are cold and lonely. Oh, that's so good. 
yes, if anyone hasn't seen the movie, it's the Blues Brothers. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, Sorry, my, you threw me off. Lost my chain of thought. What was I going to say? You were playing Tenant. I was playing Tenant Creek. I was playing at Tenant Creek. Um, the singer. I was playing in an In Excess tribute show. I joined the tour the day beforehand because the guitar player that they had lined up turned out to be a bit of a knob and they sacked him the day before they went away and I learnt 30 songs before jumping in a little tour van with them. Um, the singer went to take a shower just before showtime and, the, and the, the locals were getting restless and the publican came up and said, you guys have to get up and play now. And we go, we can't, the singer's not here. He said, I don't care. If you guys don't start playing now, these guys are going to start beating the crap out of each other, play. So we got up there and I sang and I started playing all these ACD, uh, not ACDC, Hoodoo Guru songs. That's about the extent of my vocal range. And uh, I remember the singer coming out and just looking at us going, what the hell, playing without me, what the fuck? And it's just like, dude, we were told, play now or there's going to be trouble. So we did. And yeah, Tenant Creek was scary. (laughs) Tenant Creek is scary. Yeah. (laughs) Well, have you guys been there recently? I guess that's not somewhere you were to. that's where my brother's wife is from. All right. Okay. It's very scary. Yeah. <laughs> His wife or the wife? <laughs> <laughs> <Every> brother's wife. <laughs> very scary woman. What? Okay. Can you think of a, of something that's happened? What's the scariest thing that's ever happened to your stage? Scariest place you've played or just a standout gig? You just went, whoa, never again. Is there any of those? Um, I think we were playing with the Scorpions and we are in Oakland. Um. Just outside of um, San Francisco, and me and Matt decided to go for a walk out of the stadium down to the the shops because we wanted to get some smokes. Yeah. And um, these state troopers pulled up and said, "Hey, where are you guys going?" We we're like, "Just down there." And they're like, "They they've noticed our accident," and they said. Where are you guys from? Well, then, Australia. And the, they're going, no, no, where did you guys come from? And we're like, Australia. <laughs> and they're, they're like, no, where did you just walk here from? And we're like, the stadium just there. You know? And they're like, get in the fucking car. And we're like, oh, fuck off, well, why? You know? And they're like, you're not going down there. And we're like, we just want to go and get some smokes. He goes, you're not going down there, man. See those guys down there? We're like, yeah. He goes, they'll fucking kill you. Wow. He goes, wow. get in the car. We're taking you back to the stadium. That was it. It was like real bad gangland shit. If you're a white guy in that area, yeah. Done. Yeah, I had a mate that just did something similar. Um, he's off traveling around the world at the moment stuff. And he um, went to South Africa um, and just picked a random place to go to. And from the moment that he um, jumped in a cab to go there, people were like, why are you going there? And when they rocked up, like, why are you here? And he, they, he got told straight away, man, you go to your hotel room and you lock that door and you don't leave that room. Uh, the hotel no. until you leave this town, man, because people are going to snatch you and hold you for ransom. Uh, he just picked the wrong town, not knowing. So it sounded like one of those, very similar yeah. to that. Yeah, there's been a few places places in my life where, where I've been in that situation. You know, 
Yeah, yeah, and it's, and it's, uh, yeah, almost that one. And you're like, whoa, whoa, fuck, what, whatever, you know? Yeah. And then, no, you will die. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> hey, can you guys think of any embarrassing moments that have happened to you on stage? I know that if someone was to ask me that, I've got some, I've got a ripper footage. I used to film all the gigs that I used to play when I was in a Queen show. The last show I ever played with them, man, that was just the most embarrassed I've ever been on stage. And I promptly resigned from the band the next day. But do you guys have any standouts? Come on, you got to tell us first what you, what you did. No, I didn't do anything, man. The singer just completely could not find, he, he didn't wear his in-ears. He normally wears in-ears and he didn't that night and just could not find the pitch. I got footage of it. It is just oh, no. like, yeah, it's like, dude, I got told by the, the management, if that ever happens again, just take over lead, lead vocal so he can hear what key he's supposed to be in. I say, yeah, man, there's not going to be another gig. So, um, yeah, any standout embarrassing moments for either of you guys? I've had similar ones to that. I think mainly when I was doing cover band stuff and, and you know, you'd have feeling musos or something and, and they, you just give them a set list and you rock up and you just don't know what to expect. Yeah. And next thing you're playing four hours and you just got to kind of wing your way through the whole set just going, oh, this is just, I'm just going to have to cover for this whole gig just to make sure that, that it sounds half okay for the punters out there because what I'm hearing is just horrible. Yeah. Like, I mean, I've, I've had things like that happen before where you just got to yeah, cover someone's ass. But as far as embarrassing things, I haven't fallen into a drum kit or done anything like that yet. You know, I'm looking looking for the day that I embarrass myself that way. I've had a guitar fall off, like strap locks just breaking. Yeah, I've had that one, yeah. You know, you have to, like, catch it. Like, I've caught a couple. I think it did it on the last tour yeah. once, but I just put it on my knee and then just kept kept playing. But And then once before, it happened back in the Nine Sons of Dan days, but I just chucked the guitar on the ground and started playing it with my foot and then kicked the guitar <laughs> Cool. And then my guitar tech came out and just threw another guitar over my head and I kept playing. So I was just like, yeah, you know, that kind of thing's happened before. So I've got a couple. Yeah, go. I've got a couple. Um, one, um, we were playing this. We flew down from Sydney to, to Melbourne to play this uh, this big biker show, you know, and, it, and bikers have built these, this stage out of, scaffold and shit and i came running out on stage first song and uh they had a big like catwalk for all the strippers and everything and there was a there was like a a witch's hat you know a parking con right, right in the middle of the stage and i was like ah fuck it. they must have just left this on there is what i had in my head they must have just left this out there and i i went fuck, and went to just kick it First fucking kick into the song, <laughs> and it was a piece. There was there was a uh, <laughs> bit of scaffold, and I just smashed. I reckon I broke my toe. Fucking <laughs> smashed it like it didn't move. I just went, oh, really <laughs> gone. And then just kept going. Come on, do the whole thing. But the other one, we were playing in. Um, fuck, where was it? I think it was Gove. It was a like remote gig in the NT or a cover band. And um, this stage that they built was like nine foot high. And I got up towards the front of the stage and just fucking didn't see it, mate. 
straight over. Oh! Straight down. Boom. Fucking nine feet. Boom. Land on the ground. <laughs> 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 fucking took the wind out of me. Boom. <laughs> Keep going. Fucking singing on the ground. <laughs> you know, I saw a classic of uh, The Edge from U2 falling off the stage. Yeah. And you know what it sounded like? It's, it's like if you were to make a joke about it, it's exactly what it sounded like. Thud, 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 thud. <laughs> like just, yeah, we replaced the delay. Yeah, yeah. Thud, thud, thud. Yeah, classic, classic. Great, great delay on that one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, man. You know, I went and saw uh, Prince uh, a few years ago now, and he had the, the strange-shaped stage, and he got a bunch of people up on stage, and I saw someone go to walk off and just fully not see one of the indents in his love symbol thing and just go bang like a piece of shit. That was, that was kind of funny. <laughs> awesome. Oh, people falling off stage, it's not good, but it's, it's always it's good. It's so hilarious. Yeah. yeah, but it's so embarrassing, man. It oh, is. I've done it. There's I've a couple it. of times last tour that you just launched off the stage towards the barrier. I think Cooley Hotel, you launched off, and I'm just like waiting for your foot to get tangled or something. You're just through the air, just diving in, almost like taking out the front audience as you go. <laughs> just like, oh my god! Well, doing that kind of stuff, you really need the crowd support because if they move out of the way, you're screwed. <laughs> oh, sometimes I've... you don't need crowd support. We were in fucking Mexico City um, with ACDC. And I jumped off stage, 18,000 seat arena, you know, jumped off stage and sort of like you've been to Sydney Entertainment Centre, they got the, you know, the, the part where they're seated at, at, on the bottom. Yeah. And then there's the, the brick wall with the, with the stairs going up. Mm-hmm. But, you know, then there's just stairs going up to all the seats and shit. But in Mexico City, on top of that brick wall, there was a six-foot fucking fence. Okay, right? yeah. This fence went all the way around, and I jumped up on that fence. As soon as I jumped up on that fence, fucking 5,000 fucking crazy Mexicans decided to just come down and fucking come Meet you. and sing with me. Because <laughs> ah. I was like, come on, let's go. And they're like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> And, and the fence is like, and I'm like, fuck, I was pinned against the, the fence. And I'm, they're trying to grab me mic, and I'm like, I've got a hold of me. And, and then I've just, like, managed to get myself, because I jumped over it, and then I managed to get myself up on top, and I was just getting up on top of the fence when the whole fence came down. Oh. And I jumped, I jumped clear of it. Jumped out and onto the, and then fucking jumped over all the chairs and fucking back on stage. <laughs> and the, the security guy, Bob from um, ACDC, he was like, What the fuck were you doing, Skinny? What the? <laughs> I'm like, I didn't know they were going to come and fucking rush me. He goes, What do you fucking expect? They're crazy Mexicans. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Anybody else got in the crowd ever? <laughs> well, yeah, the, the times I've seen you, like I think Big Day Out when I watched you, you, the, you were in one of the, the big tents, uh, the big marquees, and yeah, you, you climbed up the one of the big poles there and it's like, yeah, yeah you're not sure I've climbed a PA stack is, if there's one around as well. It's all good fun, yeah, isn't it? Yeah. Love it. Put on a show. 
Yeah. <laughs> Actually, when I, when I mentioned you know, kick-ass bands, one band I didn't mention because they're not quite Australian, uh, She Hard, they're probably in the oh. same category as you guys just. Oh, yeah, kick-ass. They're awesome. Yeah, totally. Right. Totally. I played, played with those guys when, when I was in Lump. Too. Yeah, yep. They're, they're awesome, man. Awesome band line. Didn't they do a brief stint as like Pacifier or something like that? They yeah. did. Same, well, same deal. In the States. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, because she had sounded too much like Jihad and the whole 9-11 yeah. thing just went down, so they changed the Pacifier for the States. Did they have a song? Didn't they have a, they had a successful song during that period of time too, didn't they? That Called Pacifier. It was yeah, Pacifier. Yeah, it's totally. Electric. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm. Totally. So, I mean, we talk about the tradition of kick-ass rock and roll bands like that. Is there any guys, any bands that you guys are aware of that are still holding that, that tradition of great Australian rock? I can think of one straight away, Electric Mary. They kick-ass. Yeah, yeah, they're, yeah, good. Airborne. Airborne, man. Airborne. Airborne. You go Airborne. and see Airborne yeah. live. Okay. They are just... Fucking modern day, modern day ACDC, like pretty yeah. much. They're balls to the wall, rock. Well, they're they're just so good live. Like you, you watch them live. They're just so energetic. So they just demand the fucking stage. That, that's why they're doing so well in Europe, I reckon. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I think you, you said it before. Like a, a lot of those bands, they're all inspired by ACDC, aren't they? All those classic. Bands. I read the liner notes of an Angels Best of, and they said in there they were just trying to be ACDC, like ACDC. They even yeah. bought ACDC's gear when they when ACDC went to England, hoping that they could sound more like them. And then they realised, damn it, it's it's not the gear. It, yeah, it's them. But um, yeah, I think that's really kicked off the, the great tradition. But it probably even goes back further than that, you know, like um, Billy Thorpe and For sure, uh, yeah. Billy Thorpe. Uh, what's the the Easy Beats? I mean. The easy Angus, Al- Angus and Malcolm's brother, man, you know, with, with the easy beats. and Harry and Van, Van, Vander and fucking Young. Vander and Young, yeah, yeah. 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 Totally, totally. You know, it's really funny. I was talking to, um, do you know Michael Browning at all, the manager that used to be ACDC's manager back in the Bon Scott days? Yeah. You know yeah. of him? Yeah, yeah. Um, I was talking to, to, to Michael one time years ago, and there was a, a, a series on the ABC called Long Way to the Top. And that had yeah. just aired, and and I'd said to to Michael, oh man, you know, how'd you feel, you know, being on that, talking about ACDC and stuff, and he actually um, said to me, oh, I was a bit annoyed. They just wanted to talk about ACDC, but I've done a lot more than that. I said, oh, he said that wasn't my proudest achievement, and I said, well, what was? He said, mate, I I discovered rock and roll in Australia. I was walking down the street one day in Sydney. I think he said Sydney. He heard this sound coming from a pub, and he's like, I gotta go check that out. What the hell is that? That's the future. And it was Billy Thorpe. Um, yeah. So that that he said that was his his proudest proudest achievement, and I guess yeah, Australian rock and roll. It's been been around yeah, for a while. It was like Masters Apprentices and stuff like that in the early days yeah, too. That, which that, were that was around about the same time too. Big, yeah. big on the yeah. getting Australian rock out there. But yeah. I tell you what, Billy Thorpe, that that's um, one person I'm glad that I fucking met, and he he's he was an absolute fucking gentleman. Yeah. And, and what what a what an entity in rock like 
we, we recorded it in his studios a couple of times and um when Clarky, you, you remember Greg Clark? You, you know, man, I, I didn't. I never knew Clarky. I know of Clarky through so many different people, um, you know, baby animals, uh, through the you know, Skitsy and all those kinds of guys. Um, and I never did actually meet Greg Clark, but I heard he was absolutely phenomenal. Yeah. Well, be, before um, Chippy was our fifth member of the band, uh, Clarky was. Yeah, right. He used to run Thorpey Studios in, in Sydney. Okay. Um, on Mountain Street. And, uh, mate, every time we were in there doing demos or, or something like that, Thorpey would come in and he'd be he, – he was just – he just loved rock, you know, and he just loved being a part of everything. And any any songs that, were, that we were playing in there, he, he, he'd be like, oh, Oh, what about trying this, guys? Oh, oh, I really like this one. Like, what, what's going? On? You know, he just loved being a part of anything. You know, yeah, it's yeah. awesome. Yeah, uh, such an underrated player too. He was, he was such a great. Player. Oh, he was fucking awesome guitarist, man. Yeah, yeah. Actually, uh, and how good he was, like in today's standards, a lot of he doesn't get mentioned a lot, but he was actually a really great blues player, good, good player. Yeah, can you guys? Can you guys see a, a Marshall box over behind me there? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. yeah, rumor has it that used to belong to, to, uh, to Billy Thorpe. Um, oh. That actually belongs to a friend of mine who was mentored by, by Billy. And i gotta, I got to make sure that the, the, the source of the story is true, but I'm pretty sure that's uh, Billy Thorpe's quad box that I'm touching behind me. You guys can't oh. see that because you're seeing a different angle, but... <laughs> to the rest of the world. <laughs> 60A or? Yeah, it's a 60A. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, just nice. a, a loan of that. What's the head? I'm curious. What's the head on your over your left shoulder? Is that is that a Sherlock or something? I I normally turn it on because it yeah. looks shit hot, and I forgot to turn it on. Hang on one sec. Is that a user getting up? Yeah. Ah, oh, there we go. Yeah. Uh, hang on. I, I didn't. Like, I, I didn't have you guys turn. Smaller I, than it looked from here. You went over there and it was just like, oh, it's smaller. What is it like? That's a, that is a 200-watt head. What? That's a Hughes and Kettner Black Spirit 200. Wow. Yeah, they've just released those in a, in a floorboard version as well. Um, yeah, no, I tried those when I was at 42 Gear Street in Germany. Um, the guys from Hughes and Kettner were there, and, yeah, I was very impressed with it. Four-channel four head, MIDI switchable. Um, when I said it's 200 watts, uh, solid-state power amp, but they've got... Uh a little red glowing thing in there, which gives it a bit of um, tube juju. Is um, it heavy or is it quite light? Dude, I brought that home in my in my suitcase. I left back. I left a whole bunch of clothes. Because I had... I want to hear. The only reason I use that 5150 head is because I put it on the plane and it's like lighter than most things. So like, yeah. Dude, check, check this out. Like this is, that's, uh, I remember Rich from Houston Kep Kepner told me it's under three kilos. Three kilos. What? Three kilos. Three kilos. Yeah, yeah, man. It is light as fuck. I'm just gonna grab it. Oh shit. Okay. Oh, fucking look at the sight. No. Oh my god. <laughs> I gotta get me one of those. So it's, it's like nothing. Really... It's like nothing, man. Two hundred watts, did you say? Two hundred solid state watts. Because uh, you, you, yeah, you know, you know, state. flashy, don't you? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. He used to use one. Um, Triaxis. He had the track, uh, not Triaxis, Triamp. Yep. Yeah, yeah. That, yeah, that, that nice thing sounded, sounded fucking 
awesome, man. Yeah. Such a heavy sound. So what's the sound sounds like for a solid state amp? What's it, what's it like? How do you rate it, Rick? Um, I really like it. One of the channels, I haven't had that much of a chance to play it. I'm going to start using this as my live rig because I can use it without, um, you can put it in your backpack. I can, I can, but it's got the red box, red box built into it, which is a really good cabinet simulator. So I don't, I can just use it as a direct unit. I'd really like their floorboard unit actually, um, of this just for, just for small gigs rather than use my iPad. Dan, you've seen my iPad rig that I use. Yeah. I have. Yeah. 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 So rather than use it. Uh, I think he used it for one of the gigs. Yeah, I would have played it. Yeah, yeah, maybe filling in for you. Um, I actually just played at Twin Towns of all places uh, last weekend, and I thought my sound was sucking playing through my iPad rig because I was monitoring it on stage um, through Roland JC120 or one of the smaller ones of those. It sounded like ass. And I was about to leave the place, and the in-house sound guy came up and said, dude, your tone coming straight out of your... He didn't call it my iPad. He called it something else. Um, he assumed it was like a dedicated guitar processor. He didn't pick that it was an iPad. Um, he goes, man, that's perfect. The line out of that, I just turn it up. That very rarely happens. Normally, I've got to EQ the fuck out of everything. But he said, you just had that dialed. So, um, that's yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll keep using that in the meantime. But, yeah, I really want to get the, the Hughes and Kettner. Um, it's hard to find good rigs to, to run straight in when you're doing those type of shows. Obviously, other than using Fractal and, and all those things, like running straight into a PA system, doing those little little cover gigs yep. like the Grand Hotel and stuff. Yep. Um, I think I was just using a Richie Kotzen Sans amp. Oh, really? Yeah, RK5 or whatever they're called. But yep. I just I pretty much set it up how my whole pedal board is normal and used it as a preamp. So I used to run my pedal boards into that and just use the Sans amp part of it. It used to sound... Sound pretty killer. Some one night my amp went down and and I had to plug it straight into the PA. Yeah. And then during the break I ran home and got one of my other amps and uh, I think my old man was there watching. He said it sounded better when you just plug straight into the PA with the with the RK5 and oh and really no yeah then just plugging the amp back in so yeah wow well but so talking about playing that some of those smaller gigs and having them play direct and stuff like that. Um, how is it playing with the poor and actually being able to play loud? Are you enjoying that? Oh, yeah, of course. Because <laughs> you've you, you got a lot of nice amps and you know, you're actually getting to use them now. So, uh, yeah. Yeah, I, yeah it's, it's, it is great. I mean, I used to be able to play pretty loud in Nine Suns, like surprisingly when we were pop band, we used to play pretty loud. But to be able to go out and play the stuff that, that you want to play loud. Yeah. You know, rock and roll, balls to the wall, just cranked up. I remember when we first went to play a gig. I think, I can't remember where it was. I think it might have been the Cooley Hotel, first rehearsal. We did a live rehearsal at the Cooley Hotel in the big room. Um, cranked it up, and our sound guy, Chibi, was just like, I was like, oh, is that too loud? Because I had both my boxes. I had the thing cranked up. He's like, nah, man, crank it up louder. So I was cool. like... Fuck yeah! <laughs> Crank the shit out of it, and I think it cranked it up so loud that one of my speakers is blown in my my <laughs> cab now. So, um, yeah, man, touring the country just playing that loud, my hearing suffered. So I might have to come see you at work soon. Yes, but, yes. <laughs> but it's yeah, it's good fun. It's amazing being yeah. able to play loud. It is. You can't do it very often these days. It's hard 
in today's society to go play loud. In the There's pub. something about that feel, isn't it? That That's it, man. It feels good, huh? It's just... And it just gives you that fucking energy, you know, to, yeah. like, to, to just rock out more, you know, because yeah. you, like, dun 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 check me out, I'm incredible. <laughs> I Absolutely. I am I Superman! Been... <laughs> dun 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 Oh, man. <laughs> I haven't yeah. been game enough to go down the the silent stage route as yet because I know I watched your talk with, with pa- Luke Palmer last week and yeah. he's very heavy on the like he's doing the silent stage thing now. But under protest, I was really surprised to find out that he wasn't yeah. into it at first, and that it took a bit. Of, he took a bit of convincing. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, I'd love to be able to do that, and I used to have a lot of time for for getting in the nitty gritty and stuff, but I'm just so scared I'd spend all that money and just, just play, just not dedicate myself to doing it and just being like, oh, where is the sound? Yeah, I'd be going, where's our guitarist? I'd take my ears out and I'd be, but I mean, I'd really love to be able to do it and save my ears for the next 30 years. Yeah. Fuck. (laughs) Yeah, but, um, how, do you guys notice any hearing damage? Like, you guys get the ringing ears and stuff after all these years? Or uh, I've had tinnitus or whatever you call it for years and years now. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I've had ringing in the ears for years. How about you, Skinny? I, no, I don't have tinnitus, but um, I hear every now and then like a... And it just disappears. Yeah. And that, they reckon, is like... Some of your like your hairs in your eardrums or whatever it is dying. Yep, yep. And and, and that's it. It just won't won't ever come back. But I'm still got still got good hearing these days. And yep. So cool, cool. No, uh, in rehearsal we do wear earplugs nowadays, and in, instead of like what we used to, you know, just yep. fucking. <laughs> yeah it's the symbols man it's the symbols that kill you uh i actually had a hearing test today um i was telling you guys earlier it was my second day at a, a new job today working for uh a company that does hearing protection and uh, mostly uh, um what do you call them hearing hearing aids and i tried a hearing aid on today for the first time i got my ears my ears tested just to find out about the process and everything um, and then the audiologist um, tuned it for my ears and then put them on and went, and she started talking to me. She goes, oh, this should sound really good. And I just looked at her and went, no, that sounds exactly the same. I'm not hearing it. But then I looked at her and went, oh, because I know the top end in this ear has been screwed for years, but it's the extreme kind of top end. And so I did that wearing the hearing aids and went, oh, I haven't heard that in this year, this year for years. And yeah, right. yeah, yeah. Is that, is that due to the drum kit? Did you always stand right a stage or? No, it's from when I was in the group Nemesis in my early 20s and we used to rehearse like four nights a week, writing and all that kind of stuff. And the drummer's cymbal was right there and he'd be smashing yeah. it and it's a cymbal, just psh, smash, smash, smash. Yeah. I think, I think making mine level now. I always stood on the left-hand side. Like left-hand side of stage was always my thing for years and years. Yep. Now I'm the poor. I'm on the right-hand side, so I'm <laughs> about to even out my hearing damage. Yeah. So you're gonna start. <laughs> you, you'll 
You start walking uh, straight before too long. You've been walking like this for the last uh, few years. And <laughs> yeah, I'll be straight again. You know? I'll, I'll yeah. be fucked because I've got Gav right behind me. He's right in the middle. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> Is that why you go off on your little adventures? I'm just, trying, I'm just trying to get away from the noise. <laughs> yeah. has, has Gav always been the drummer in the poor man? You have, haven't had any other drummers? Yeah, no, no. Gav, Gav joined the band in 98. Okay. Uh, yeah. End of '97, '98. So that that was that was after the hit, yeah. Because when I when I look at watch the film clip to your your hit, uh, James Young was, was was the drummer. Yeah. Okay. So I'm thinking, man, Gav's looking different. Yeah. You know, geez, he was a skinny boy guy back then. Yeah. You know, but it's not him. Okay. That makes sense. <laughs> yeah. No. He, he joined the band in '98 and. Yeah, James was the drummer before that. We had a couple of fill-in drummers before that, before James. Um, but the the original drummer was Mark Davis from Darwin. Okay. He, he was an amazing player. He, he, he was awesome, but he just he, he got married and and decided that he just didn't want to do it anymore. And we, were, we were devastated, but we wanted to keep going. So. Yeah. Dude, why the hell did you move to Darwin in the first place? Um, on the oldies want, wanted to move there. I don't know. Okay, you moved up with them. <laughs> They're strange people. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What, your parents are the Darwin? Yeah, my, fucking, <laughs> my parents. <laughs> uh, the poor boys if you didn't move up there, so that's it. good thing. Uh, just checking out the, uh, the comments here. We've got, uh, I'll just go back a few there. Sing us a song, Skeeny. Airborne, a friggin' insane. Electric Mary, fucking awesome. Ah, Rob Giddings. This one's about you, Dan. It says, "You smash it out of the park on guitar, Dan. Love watching you rock." Thank you. <laughs> uh, and then he says, "I play bass with your old sound guy, Will Gutwin, Skeeny. Do you have a sound guy called Will that you remember of Skeeny? Loaded Billy." Any uh, bells? Might have, but I don't remember. Much thanks to Matt. He is the man behind the reason why I picked up the bass in the first place. Thanks, Matt. Um, yeah, um, dude, it's rock and roll. <laughs> how are you, you going to remember those days? <laughs> you know, for, for, for a band that's as rock and roll as you guys, we did well on starting on time tonight. <laughs> wow. I know, you, you, you're that? lucky because we were rehearsing beforehand. We yeah. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I did one with my mate uh, Sammy Bowler in, in Detroit uh, a few weeks ago, and I'm like, dude, we've got to start. He goes, hey, man, it's rock and roll. People aren't going to want us to start on time. <laughs> yeah. So um, you, you mentioned all those bands that you've played with, Skeeny, like prior to Dan joining the band. There's a lot of, lot of big bands that you've opened for. Is there any of them that really surprised you as being – just really nice guys as, as big as they are and is there any that you want to spill the beans on that didn't treat you so nice <laughs> fucking nice you don't have to you, you, you can name a shame or you can keep it all of them all of them are absolutely nice nice guys absolute gentlemen yep uh, great people and you find that in everywhere you go around the world you know Musos are awesome. Blackie Lawless, I have yeah. to say, it's an absolute see you next Tuesday. Really? 
Really? Yeah. When did you meet uh, him? That's Blackie Lewis from like Wasp, right? Yeah. 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 We we did we did the Australian tour with him in two thousand and eight. Yep. And um, the first first gig is like, uh, we want want you guys to get out of the venue. Really? Yeah. And we're like, what? And you know, and the road crew come up. Said, um, can you guys get out of the venue? You know, while while uh, Blackie does his fucking sound check. <laughs> and it was funny because Matt Matt turned around and went, "This is Australia, mate. Time to get fucked." <laughs> <laughs> yes, <laughs> classic. <laughs> we were like, we're, we're, the first gig was at um, at uh, the Enmore in Sydney. And like, where, where do you go in the M? Or you've actually got to go walk out and go out on the street. Yeah. Like, fuck off. He's like, and then then they said, oh well, can you can you go to the band room? And we're like, no, we're not fucking going anywhere, mate. This is our fucking country. Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. and and anyway, he didn't he didn't like that. And um, but we did we did the tour. And then at the end of the tour, um, we all went up and went to their band room. We were all shaking, shaking all the guys from the from the band's hands. Yeah, thanks for the tour, you know. Thanks for having us. Blah blah blah. And Blackie's fucking sitting there, right, in this chair. And I put out my hand and I said, I said, oh, thanks for the tour, mate, like this. And he just looked. He looked at me and he just went. Turned his head like this, and all the boys, all the boys were just like, "That's not going to go down good with skating." <laughs> <laughs> and I went, "You better fucking shake my hand right now, mate, before I knock you fucking out." <laughs> wow! <laughs> and the, and he, he he looked at me, and like everyone was like, the whole their whole band room, and like all all of those guys and all of our guys, it was real. Silence, and then he just put his hand out real reluctantly, and I fucking <laughs> grabbed it and went, "Welcome to Australia, mate." <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. Right. I thought you were going to say he ran off and hid behind security or something like that. <laughs> no, I would have grabbed him. <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> I don't know. That just reminded me of a little story. Lincoln Park, <laughs> Lincoln Park. No, I'm not going to talk about that. I'm not going to talk. <laughs> <laughs> there was an incident backstage at Livid one year, man. Um, the the DJ from Lincoln Park can go get fucked. I know, I know about that incident. There was it. Was that was that was that with the um, San Glado boys? Yeah, man. I was just thinking about it because I reckon I went to a party straight after that, and you were there, and I probably told you all about it. Yeah, uh, I'm not sure. I think I got told about that a couple of years later. Oh, really? Because well, I'm pretty sure I was at the party afterwards. Yeah, yeah. It was the Lump Boys. It was at, at Dog's Place. Uh, yeah. Yeah. But, yeah, no, that DJ, oh, I'm not even going to get to it. Get yeah, to it. DJ, yeah. Yeah, that, <laughs> that's him. Yeah, no, nah, and then went and hid. hid be, uh, he, he basically punched Jason in the face backstage. Yeah, he did, he did. After uh, Chester had invited Jason and I to, 
trash backstage with him. So we trash backstage. And in the corner of my eye, I see old DJ, mate, walking up to Jason, winding his fist up. And I'm thinking, he's saying, oh, mate, punch me in the arm. I'm about to go on stage. And he smashed Jace fair in the face, man. And and then the security were all there. The first guy to grab him was Chester, his singer. Uh, rest yeah. in peace. Chester grabbed his own guy by the throat straight up and just went, what the fuck, man? I invited these guys. What are you doing? And, and was just full of apologies. They went and played. Chester mm. just followed us around for an hour afterwards just saying, man, please don't talk shit about my band. He's had a hard time. And Yeah. Mm. I, wow. Yeah, didn't want to make that public for a long time, but... Joseph Hahn, I think that's his name. Yeah, man. You're a fuckhead. <laughs> Straight up. Straight up. Yeah. yeah you, no, I, I, you meet I, him, huh? Yeah. Yeah. So who, who's who been like super nice? Um, I was going to say, is anybody taking you under the wing? But I've got some vinyl over here, which is the Angels Dogs Are Talking. 12-inch yeah. single. And on the B side, they had three unsigned acts they were trying to break. You guys, baby animals, and refresh my memory. Who's the third? Do you know what I'm talking about? Fuck, I don't know. Uh, might have been Judge Mercy. No, although they were. Yeah, I do remember them. I remember meeting Andy, who now plays bass for uh, Billy Joel. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. He was he was with Shania Twain for a long, a long yeah, time. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, that, that was that. He he was the front man of Judge Judge Mercy, wasn't he? Judge Mercy was a great band. Who and, and Izzy, the guitarist out of Judge Mercy, the original guitarist, he he ended up being in the Screaming Jets. That Izzy, okay, cool. That's where that's where they found him. A was long right. time, yeah. Yep, yep, yeah. Now they're they're one of those bands that have revolved a lot of members over the years, haven't they? I mean, you still got yeah. Gleeso and Paul, well, but. Um, no, no, not Warman, fucking Woozing. Yeah, yeah. Woozing. Yeah, everyone else has pretty much come and gone in them. But, yeah, again, that's one of those classic just Australian pub rock sounds. And, and Yeah. Yeah. Great. So, yeah, yeah so you... like best friends in rock, pretty much. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was a little bit of a circle go, going there for a while. You guys, yeah, the last of it, really. And it's Ooh. so good to see you guys still going. Cheers, man. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so, I mean, did that really help kickstart you guys? You know, the Angels giving you a bit of a, a hand back in the day is, do you think that really helped you guys or was it just sheer determination? Oh, no, yeah, that, that, that helped because, um, well, Brett Eccles was the drummer of the Angels at, at the time and he, he was a manager, you know, he, he was looking after Diesel and... And I found out about that when I was in Darwin from my mate who, who used to play sax. And he, and he used to get up and play sax with us every Thursday night at the Moranga Hotel back when we were a cover band. And anyway, he ended up being Diesel's sax player, Bernie Bramond. Oh, okay, yep, yep. And I fucking gave Bernie a fucking tape. I said... Mate, make sure you get this fucking to Brent Eccles. I said, or I will kill you. <laughs> <laughs> and and he did. He did. And I said, fuck it. I kept on hassling him about it. But, you know, and Diesel was starting, to, was starting to grow in popularity, you know. Yep. And um, and then one night 
at four o'clock in the morning, I got this fucking phone call from Brent Nichols going, you're a star, you're a star. We're going to get you to Sydney, you're a star. And I'm like, who the fuck is this? Fuck off. <laughs> and I, I hung up. Right? Really? And, and he, he cut. <laughs> I had no idea who it was. I was like fucking half pissed myself or something. I don't know. <laughs> and then he rang back and I was like, who is this? And he goes, this is Brent Eccles. And I'm like, oh, fuck, about time. It was like four months later. Yeah. And that, you know, he was on a plane. He was like listening to all these different tapes. Yep. And he goes, fucking, yeah, I really liked your stuff. And that was it. That's when the ball started rolling. Yeah. Cool. Cool. So uh, in terms of influences, man, like, um, I mean, we, we mentioned ACDC, uh, and that's pretty Rose obvious. Tattoo. Rose Tattoo. Now, that's one band that I didn't mention when we were just talking about those great Aussie pub rock bands, Rose Tattoo. Um, was it a case of you guys saying, hey, we want to sound like this or that, or was it just what each me- member of the band, you guys were all just listening to that kind of stuff, and that's just how it came out? Yeah. There was a lot of other influences too, and and as as a cover band, what what we really liked playing too, we loved playing Motley Crue. Yeah. We loved playing White Snake. Mm-hmm. Um, we loved playing yeah, ACDC, Rose Tattoo, The Angels, all that sort of stuff. But but when the band as a as a cover band, we didn't like playing the hits. Yeah, yeah. We liked to go to the different songs that, that were that were album tracks and played them, you know, and, and it sort of gave us a, a, a feel of, like, we we were um, an original band. Yeah. You know, instead of playing all the hits and what everybody wanted to hear, they, they came to see us because of what, what, what we could do, you know, and... Uh, and um, we all, all, always put, you know, fucking hits in there as well. But my, most of the set was made up of, like, album tracks of, you know, The Cult and fucking, like, just fucking bands like that, you know, and Queen and fucking, you know, we, we, we played, fuck, we played so many Cult songs, Jesus Christ. Um, cult? Yeah. Yeah? Love Oh man, yeah. and we played King Contrary, man, Little Devil, fucking um, lo- uh, Love Removal Machine. Yeah. Um, fuck, so many. What? Yeah, Wildflower was like the the main track out off that album, but yep. you know that was like one of the ones that you know that was by the by, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw them not that long ago, man. Uh, probably about five years ago, uh, and you know Ian Asprey, he's a he was a big big guy. He actually said he 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 got out there, played a couple of songs, and said, "If you guys came in came here to see me tonight, sing Note Perfect and squeeze into my size thirty two jeans, you're at the wrong gig. Yeah, I'm fat. Yeah, I can't hold those notes anymore. You guys help me out. Let's have a good time. So yeah, it was. I think he knew. You know, yeah, fuck it. No, I can't do that anymore. But let's have fun." Trying, you, you guys carry me a bit. Yeah. yeah, it was really cool. But Bill, but Billy's fucking. Was he still playing? Billy was, was yeah, it? yeah, he was, yeah. He, he's he's amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, re- I reckon that he is the cult. Like, 
he, he's he's the one that sort of well Ian Ashby wrote a lot of the lyrics and stuff, but uh, uh, Billy is the one that sort of put all of that shit together. Yeah, yeah. Hey Dan, what about you, man? Guitar influences. Who who um, who who do the guys that you were listening to when you were starting out playing and trying to pick apart their playing that, that you can hear in yourself and. Um, I remember before I started playing electric guitar in my first year, like my dad was like, oh, if you can play good, then I'll buy an electric guitar. And I was playing Black Dog by Led Zeppelin in the first first 12 months from, you know. So Led Zeppelin was a major influence. Uh, Zeppelin, Sabbath, Deep Purple. Um, yes, a lot of the old classic rocks. Very 70s, the, very 70s. Very, yeah, a lot of a lot of the so Richie Blackmore, Tony Iommi, a bit of Hendrix. I yeah. didn't. There was a record that my dad had that was just um, insane, and he was. I think he was playing a cover of "Sunshine of Your Love," and halfway through it, he made it sound like a train. And I was just—I just remember being blown away, going, "How is he making that guitar sound like a train? Like it was just incredible." So. Um, yeah, so I mean, I was influenced by him. Eric Clapton, Cream. Yeah, I loved Cream. Um, yeah, those are the guys that I was influenced for a lot of years at the start when I first started practicing a lot. Um, it wasn't until probably about oh, ten years in, or, or probably not even that, like that I started moving into. No, actually, I lied. It was only like probably three or four years. I, I got influenced by. Um, Steve Vai and Joe Satriani. Yeah. And I went down that whole path of wanting to be an instrumental guitarist. Like, yeah. I just, I started practicing five to seven hours a day and I was just all about instrumental guitar playing. And when I started playing guitar, I was hopeless with my left hand, oh, with my, my right hand, with my picking hand. Because I'm left handed. So I play. Oh, right really? Okay. Yep. Yep. I play right handed guitar and I'm left handed. So. I feel like my dexterity on my left hand was was naturally much better. Yep, yep. Mark Knopfler's uh, the same. Did you know Mark Knopfler's left-handed but plays guitar right-handed. There's actually quite a few that's like that. So I, I found it, I found it kind of um, in my favour that being left-handed. Um, but I did struggle a lot with my right hand for years, and I, so I learned a lot of legato techniques due to like Joe Satriani and stuff because he plays a lot of legato. You know, in that uh, surfing with the alien and stuff, is you know some of those little little trills and runs that he does yep. going down has, has a lot of legato in it. Yep. So, um, a lot of my speed and, and technique came from playing legato style um, lead playing yep. earlier on, and then I just started building up my right hand from that point on and, and got much better. So, yeah, Steve Vai, Satriani. Yep. Then, then I jumped. Um, I realized like I developed technique from playing like Led Zeppelin and then a lot of Led Zeppelin stuff, and then playing a lot of the Steve Vai, Joe Satriani. Mm. Um, someone asked me, "Oh, do you like Eddie Van Halen? Do you like Van Halen?" And like I'd never really heard much about him. Yep. At that time, and I was just like, "Oh," and I just everyone kept talking about it. I remember one. Of, I remember one of the guitar shops in Coffs Harbour, where I grew up. Um, Darren, 
who owned the Costa guitar shop, he had a PV, a p- big PV wall sign. Yep. And it's painted in the Eddie Van Halen colours, you know, and it was back when he, he was with PV and stuff. And they were big Eddie fans. And I was like, oh, yeah, Eddie. And then years later, I got into it and listened to it, and I was like, wow, like, <laughs> yeah. There's a lot of there's a lot of the techniques that he's doing a lot of the playing that that I sort of realized was a lot like my own playing. Oh yeah, like a lot of my own style was very similar to Eddie. I'm like, how did that happen? Yeah, and then right. you, then I realized you know his influences were Jimmy Page and some of those guys as well. Mm, mm. And from my like what you know like developing your own like when you learn people's styles you develop your own style yeah, naturally. Exactly. So I developed my own style, and then not realizing that that then learning Van Halen, it was much easier for me because I was like, oh, you know, I've I've got a lot of these techniques under my belt already. Yeah, yeah. That, and then realizing how amazing he was, um, and then yeah, Eddie became one of my biggest influences from then. Like I was all about Eddie Van Halen for years. I was like, oh, Eddie's the greatest <laughs> guitar player on yeah. the planet. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, and then. I went through, you know, the... That's why I've got this guitar right here. Yeah, yeah that's why that's the Kramer, yep. Yeah. Yep. But, but that's a striker. His, his was a Beretta. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then, then I went down, like, the prog rock thing, like John Petrucci and, and guitarists like that. Yep. Uh, another guy that I really like, I don't know, have you heard of Matthias L. Eklund? I don't know how to yeah, pronounce yeah, yeah, it. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's the yeah, Swedish guy, squiggly frets, seven, eight yeah. string. Yeah, I've seen him on online. Oh, man. Demon. Demon guitar player. And he's real quirky. He does a lot of the, the cool stuff. I've never heard. He's, he's kind of like the shredding version of Tom Morello. You know, like he does a lot of real artistic, crazy things. Makes, he gets, makes his guitar sound like a telephone and like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, it's just a little joke. We, we were writing a song not long ago, and I decided to put a little telephone part in it. Um, <laughs> but yeah, like he's he's a great he's a great player. But yeah, there are a lot of my influences. But then obviously being in Nine Sons of Dan playing pop music, I got into heaps of stuff like Paramore and a lot of that sort of stuff, which was less, you know, shreddy but more, you know about the songwriting and, and playing inversions and a lot of, like, octave-style riffs. Oh, yeah, yeah. Playing that sort of – a lot of that sort that, of stuff. That's handy, man, yeah. on, on, on all levels, I reckon, all, all octave sort of stuff. Yep. I love that, that sound. Um, like, my, my favourite band in the fucking world is, is, is Alter Bridge. Yeah. The octave player that, that – um, Mark Tremonti does is just fucking uh, unbelievable, you know. Yeah. And then I, I, I thought, fuck, those solos that he does and, and all that sort of shit, I, I was like, fuck, this guy's fucking the best ever. And then I met this guy. Yeah, yeah. And he can play that in a fucking second. Yeah, yeah. Like, oh, what the fuck? Now, Skinny, you, you, you do realise that Alter Bridge is Creed, right? <laughs> everybody, everybody says that, but We're no, not they're not. Yeah, I know, I know. They fucking are. Yeah, I tell you. Yeah, they've come a long way since the Creed days. Though. They have, oh. and I, I haven't, I haven't heard much of it. The reason I'm not changing the picture to me, I am going to quickly change to me, but it's going to be my shit camera. It's because 
my battery just ran up my camera. Um, I will change it in a second when I cut to you guys so that people won't see me running off going, oh, where's my battery? Um, the old battery trick, eh? The old battery trick, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it happened. it's happened a couple of times. I've ordered, yeah, to get a power supply for my freaking little camera so that that doesn't happen anymore. Guitar tones. Who out there has crushing guitar tones? Who? What bands do you listen to? What artists? And you just go, oh, man, listen to that sound. I mean, oh. Eddie Van Halen, of course. Yeah. Wrote the book. Eddie Van Halen. Um, oh, Dan Cox. <laughs> you're quite all right at pulling some guitar tones yourself there, old Ricky. Me? You're, you're a demon with the guitar tones. Um... Well, yeah, no, on a local level. Everything. <laughs> on a local level, maybe. No, not, not like those guys, though, man. Uh, uh, Jimmy Page. Jimmy Page was, was great. Um, yeah, I don't know. Joe Satriani is a great tone, tone chaser. I feel like a lot of his tones are really nice. When the, I saw, yeah, unconventional Satriani. It's not your classic, like, because it, sometimes it sounds very processed when you're not agree. Sides. John Sykes, yeah. Now there's a player that people don't talk about much. White Snake, um, yeah. He, he was fucking awesome. Totally, totally. Uh, a friend of mine just did an interview with him recently because uh, really? he, yeah, he doesn't really do interviews. When was the last time you saw a John Sykes interview? Yeah. And um, uh, yeah, my friend Jason from Tokyo, who's a bit of a, a YouTuber, uh, Aussie guy over there, um, scored an interview with him. Uh, recently, I watched it, and it was apparently it's the first interview that John Sykes had done in twenty years or something like that. And wow. yeah, yeah, but yeah, no, he he got quite that quintessential Les Paul tone. Really, you just hear those solos. You go, yep, that's a Les Paul. Oh, you know, you know who's who's got the best fucking guitar sound that I, that I I pretty much have ever heard. I reckon who's that? Rob Riley. Rob Riley, who's that? Fucking used to play for Rose Tattoo. Oh, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. His sound, he used to play two white Marshall Jubilees. Yeah. And fucking, you've never heard that, and, and he makes it look easy too. Yeah. When he plays. You've never seen Rob Riley play? No, no. The only time I've seen um, Rose Tattoo was opening. Like, no, you, like, there you go. Yeah, I saw them open for Guns N' Roses um, recently. Slash is a good tone, man. Yeah, Slash is a good Yeah, awesome. very identifiable, huh? Like, you, you can just hear um, his tone a mile away. He's got a distinct mid-range about him. Yeah, when you said those Marshalls, I was like, yeah, Slash, definitely. Yeah. This is a Jubilees, didn't he? Yeah, fucking the the white ones. Are yeah, that's what Slash used to use back then. Yeah, he used yep, Jubilees. Yep, yep. Signatures based off the yeah. Jubilee. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I think he used one of those as well. I think Paul Gil yeah, Paul Gilbert's another one that's got a great tone. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Paul Gilbert's not somebody I whose tone I, I I'd go chasing, but great player. Oh, but, he's great, a player. great player. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it depends when you see him. Like I I saw him. Oh. Yeah, I know what you mean. Recorded, recorded sounds is great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Live, I've heard him sound like he's playing through a practice amp a lot of the time. Um, yeah. But, you know, Brett tone. Brett Garsted's good. Is Brett Garsted, did you say? Yeah. Yeah. 
Dude, when I was just learning to play guitar, um, John Farnham was doing the huge, big Whispering Jack tour. Uh, tour, yeah, and it was on TV. They had the concert, and there's a solo that he did in the song "Let Me Out." It's on YouTube. Uh, yeah. I've sent it to a couple of friends of mine overseas who have who haven't heard of John Farnham or uh, Brett Garsed. And yeah, I remember seeing him do this one solo that just blew my mind. It was yeah, the song "Let Me Out," and he just go, went for it. He actually had a camera attached to his guitar, but this is back in '86 when. Something yeah. attached to your guitar is like this huge big yeah. thing. Massive. Yeah, <laughs> massive. Yeah, and to look at—he's so young, so young. When you look at him in these videos, you're like, oh man, yeah. You know, it, yeah. yeah. I sat down and played some guitar, like um, at a guitar expo in Brisbane. He, mm. um, I was just direct playing some show, like just playing, testing guitars around the guitar show, and he pulled me aside and I like played his his own ESP. He gave it to me and he. He was like, oh, you're a great player, man. And I was like, oh. It was like Brett Gar said. I was like, it was a bit of a, yeah, I'm not worthy moment. Yeah, awesome. Yeah, but you bet oh, you were. But yeah, you he's were worthy. unbelievable yeah. player. You know, it's funny. I've said this before about, about Brett. When he's left to his own devices and just going for it, he's got that whole Alan Holdsworth, too many notes yeah. thing going on. Put a slide on him, like a lot of the classic John Farnham solos that he's played, and he just plays the most incredible freaking melodies when you give him that restriction of, no, nah, man, you can't do your widdly-diddly, you're wearing a slide. That's, to me, when Brett Gar said... Is, you, you, you find his feel. Yeah, There's, yeah. Totally. Yeah. He's not trying to impress you with chops. He's impressing you with his ability to make it sound like a singing woman, basically. Yeah. 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 Oh, we all know what they sound like. <laughs> Old mate that played for um, Billy Idol, he was uh, always good for his... Steve Stevens, oh. totally. Yeah, Steve Stevens, Stevens man, yeah. yes. Yeah. So that's well, that's yeah. somebody... I love Steve Stevens. He's Same. Great Same. Awesome. Yeah. So he did the what, Top Gun one? Yep. Did he do the Top Gun? Yep. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Yeah, he, uh, he, here's one for you. Yeah. Um, the two guitarists had a warrant... Warrant? Yeah. Warrant. They were fucking exceptional guitarists. Man. Really? And, and, and um, their tone was fucking awesome, man. I don't know if you're taking the piss right now. Are you, are you, are you serious, man? Listen to one song yeah. called Uncle Tom's Cabin. Okay. Okay. It's fucking excellent. Cool. I'll have to check that out. Because, you know, like it's one of those bands where I only know, you know Cherry Pie and it's a bit of Yeah, I know. That, that's it. That's why he killed himself. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because he hated that song. He didn't want to be known as, known as that guy that, that did Cherry Pie. Yeah, yeah. It's a player that surprisingly had good tone that I only just got into the last couple of years was um, Zach Wilde. Oh. Yeah, you're into Zach? Yes. Yeah. So yeah. Like I'm a Les Paul player, and I'd always just been, you know, playing Les. I've been playing Les Pauls for years, and I was always like, you know, Jimmy Page, all that stuff. For sure, Zach. And um, I wanted to think of that. <laughs> I went. To, I went to. I was going to do a uh, show with one of my friend, good friends, uh, you know, Mouse, right? Yep. So we were going to do an Ozzy Osbourne tribute show. Oh yeah. And so that's where this carnation came from. Oh okay. So I've been playing this guitar for the last few years, and it's perfect that I built this guitar for the poor because it's got Zach Wilde EMGs that I installed in it. Uh huh. And I was never, 
I mean, I was never really a fan of EMGs back in the day because I just always saw that metal guitars had, you know, EMGs, and I thought it was a, a pickup for metalheads and, and stuff like that. Yeah. But then awesome. after hearing Zach Wilde playing and listening to albums like No More Tears and Ooh. stuff like that, hearing the the, the tones that he got from, from the, these uh, active pickups, I was like, I've got to try them. So I installed them in this guitar, and, man, like, it was perfect for the poor because uh, Julian's original guitar had EMGs in it, I think, back in the day as well. So, um, But this guitar was inspired by Zach Wilde. Cool. Because um, you know how he had the... Confederate um, flag one, right? Yeah. yeah. Rebel flag on the front. Yep. With all the mm. bottle tops. Yep. So I originally, this is a 2018 Les Paul Studio because it had binding up the up the side. So I wanted that because it was really comfortable. Yep. And uh, rubbed it back, sprayed the, the flag on it. And I actually got a whole, collected a whole lot of bottle tops and I've got the bottle tops at home. Oh, really? So, yeah, I was going to nail them to the top and make it look all rustic. Um, and it was going to be my Australian version of the Rebel flag because, you know, the Eureka flag in Australia is very, you know, it got that similar sort of meaning of, you know, yes. um, sticking it to the man kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and then once I did it, I was like, it looks actually really too good to nail bottle tops to. <laughs> and then that's where this guitar has come from. And now it's become like my main, my main sort of. That's your main poor guitar. Cool. Yeah, yeah, it's been the main guitar for the for the tour, and I loaded one of my customs up with EMGs as well that I've got, which is this guitar here. And <laughs> nice, ah, oh, cool. And uh, realized that it just was a completely not completely different, but same pickups, different tone. Yeah, different tone. Yeah, right. Um, so this guitar's got. Uh, baked maple fingerboard mm. and the other one's got a rosewood fingerboard uh, just slightly different it's got much more of a sharp high presence to it and yeah. yep. much cleaner like these pickups actually clean up a lot more in this guitar yeah but they're the same pickups and 81 and 85 yeah yeah yep. Zach Wilde custom yep. so I, I brought the, the Zach Wilde set um, for both of those guitars so they're both been my main guitars for the port. And that, that, that one's more of a more expensive guitar, right? Yeah, that's a more expensive guitar. So this is just a, a studio. Yeah. He, he originally wanted to play the black one. Yep. And but, then when when he when he played the blue one, we were like, no, nah, no, nah, you got to play the blue one. Yeah, yeah right. And black was a backup. <laughs> it just just was like, why? Well, I don't know. It just just seemed more. Uh, what just. A little warmer, yeah. like yeah. in the in the heavier parts. Yeah, you know? and that that made just that that little bit of a difference. But it's hard to tell too when, when he picks up the other one. You know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you go, oh. So you, you said the main difference between those two was the fretboard wood, yeah? Well, that's what I put it down to because the the baked maple has more of a snappy sound yep. to it yep. than, than the rosewood. Yep. Um, I think the this one's got probably more chambers in it. I'm not too sure. Mm -hmm. um, but that's all I can put it down to. I yep. don't I don't 
really know much difference between what they'd be other than that. Yep, I, I generally play guitars with maple fretboards because I find there's just more snap about the front end of the note is um, yeah. is what I pick. Um, so yeah, it's amazing to, to hear you, you say that because that's something I've noticed over the years is how much the, the fretboard and the size of the neck to me yep. really affects um, just the punch and I'm not going to say sustain, but yeah. It's but, actually quite a good thing to, to do because both got 60s necks, so they both got the 60s profile. Yep. Pretty much as far as the guitar goes, they're pretty identical, really. Yep. So the fact that that fretboard, like you can tell the difference between the fretboard, like the pots, everything else is the same, like because the pickups come with their own pots. So pretty much identical guitar other than that's the only thing I can I can pinpoint is Ooh. is the fretboard material it has to be. and it's actually quite different so like it's amazing how much wood like the woods in your guitar can change the tone between the exactly same built guitars yeah it's such a, a big debate amongst luthiers I um I had a chap on here actually it was one of my first chit chats I did I think it was the first I had the chap that invented Fishman Fluence pickups and um, Seymour Duncan P-Rails pickups. I don't know if you've ever seen those, which can be flicked between humbucker, single coil, and a P90 sound. Frank Falbo is the guy. Um, yeah. And I guess that guy. Yeah. One of the and Frank is one of these guys like, nah, you know, he sort of rolls his eyes when you talk about tone woods and stuff. And But yeah, I'm in two minds about it because I do hear that maple fretboard thing but then when i went to melbourne guitar show i played a, an aluminium guitar that was basically just a frame of a guitar it's like almost a honeycomb version with very little honeycomb about it just this aluminium thing and the sustain this thing had in the tone it was like wow okay i always thought it was about the woods not the aluminium but yeah, yeah. It's really nice to run some good tests and just do some a being i've seen some people do it and Sometimes it's really striking. The differences sometimes is none. You know, it's it's a really strange thing. Yeah, mm. I mean, a good person you should get on on your show soon is Aaron. You know what? Well, I just scribbled down here, um, Fennec Guitars, because I noticed your shirt. Yeah, and I was going to yeah. ask you, um, and I'm going to hit up Aaron to come on and have a bit of a chat as well. Um, have you got a chance to use your Fennec guitar with? Wait, what's that? Someone's phone's ringing right next to a computer. It's mine. Actually, I'll. One second, yeah, you got it. Got it there, have you? He's off to get his acoustic. No, he's got an electric. He's got a Fennec electric. Shit. So uh, this is. I've never seen this guitar. <laughs> so this holy guitar is. Holy fuck! Is the Fennec one of the first electrics that Aaron or his own design that he built? Yep. Stop moving. So it's pretty much a one-off. Wow. That. Looking at that live. Is fucking amazing, man. Are they uh, P P nineties you got in there? Yeah, P nineties. Yeah. This thing's this thing soars like it's um. There's so much like dynamic range in in like you, the volume. The way he builds it, it's just you turn it back from ten to eight, and you just get two like distinct tones, like from hard out to just rolling it back. Is just you can go anywhere with this from strat tones to you know, metal tones. I think in one of the demos when he built this, I was playing a Pantera song. Yeah, right. Yeah, it's very, 
very loud straight. Oh, you can hear it just straight through the fucking timber. But um, yeah, no, Aaron's a, Aaron's amazing. What he's doing on the coast, like just guitar building wise, is incredible. Yeah, I, I was um, about to ask you whether you'd had a chance to play any of his um, acoustics live, whether you guys had done any acoustic shows. But then the, I had that light bulb moment of, oh, hang on, you got one of his first um, first electrics that he built. Yeah, yeah. So um, I have. I had the pleasure of going and building the acoustic guitar, um, one, being one of his first students in the first lot of students that built guitars under his um, Gold Coast guitar making school that yep. he did. Yep. Um, and I built an acoustic with him for that, and it was amazing. I built like a, a jumbo style acoustic. I've seen that one, yeah. Yeah, it was, it was awesome. A great experience. Um, learn a lot but even so, since then he's come so far like his guitars are um, incredible like uh, amy shark was touring playing one of his acoustics yeah. there for a while and um he's just recently expanded he's been i think he had an exhibition down melbourne guitar show and i and saw stuff. him i saw him down there yeah yeah so his guitars yeah but he's got an electric guitar that i think it's called the bentley yeah which i have I had the pleasure of playing recently, and that thing just is insane. It soars. Yeah. So like, I, I really want to get one of those and take it on the road and 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 see what it's capable of playing with the poor, which yeah. which I will probably in the sometime in the future yeah. when when funds can demand it. <laughs> so. Have you have you used that guitar with the poor um, at all? I mean, Skinny seemed pretty surprised to, to see it there. No, no, yeah. I haven't. I haven't used it as yet because um, single coil. Yeah, I just, I just, <laughs> I, I just naturally went. I went straight to the Les Paul. Rehearsal. So and I was sorry, mate. You, you dropped out for a second there, but you're back. Yeah. Yeah, I thought I thought you dropped out too. Um, yeah, for, for the first practice, first rehearsal, I used the the Les Paul, the EMGs, and it was pretty much pulled the tone that I wanted straight away. So, for me, it's been hard to to even grab another guitar whenever we've done stuff together. And I mean, I'll probably start bringing in some of these these goodies now because we're writing. Yeah, mm. which yeah. is half the reason why I brought it in as well because you know we're starting to do more stuff, so I'll be able to bring in different tones now, but. Um, yeah, so it's good in the studio. You know, you can you can, you can experiment with with stuff like that when you're recording. Yep. But but live, yeah, yeah, to stick to your guns. You know, S stick yeah. to the, the tried and true, mate. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which, but but I'm looking forward to it. Like I, I do want to I do want to get one of his his electrics. They're they're pretty pretty awesome. You've got one. We should yeah, go. I mean, his ones that, one of the that's, new that's, ones yeah we should go pay him a visit sometime man i haven't caught up with aaron i saw him briefly down at melbourne guitar show but we should go hang out and go see him and yeah yeah for sure yeah you definitely have to get him on this show because he's he's very insightful when it comes to building guitars and tone woods like what we're talking about mm. with the guitar well that's what made me think. i think tone woods is definitely has its place in talk of acoustic guitars for sure um there's no no denying that uh, it's still up for, up for debate when it comes to electric. I could be swayed either way. I need to do some bit more comprehensive testing myself yeah. before I start going. No, it's this. Or <laughs> yeah, it's, it's funny because you know Fender have, have had it their way for so long, and, and Gibson, like you know, 
the the rosewood and and stuff and you know fender's always been um maple and you know there's they've had their own tone woods that they've stuck to ash and and stuff and yep you know it's always a battle of well, which, one's, which one's the best and but they all have their own you know characteristics like you said it could be aluminium yeah yeah yep that's surprised the fuck out of me that how good that, that sounded that guitar that you showed me recently that you just recently acquired um that was made out of wasn't it like a 3d printed thing or no are you, th- are you are you thinking about the guitar i've got with a built-in amp and effects and stuff yeah 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 no that's that's made of uh hang on i just recorded a demo where i talk about all that stuff let me grab it for you <laughs> it's over here <laughs> And the batteries are going flat. It usually has a lot more gain than that. No, here we go. Oh no, there it is. You guys seen that? It's got everything in in it. Dude, it has uh, a preamp section. <laughs> it has, so I can clean, all that kind of stuff. Treble middle bass. It has delay. If I turn the delay up, it has stereo chorus built in. It's really cool. Uh, and, and why not? Yeah. And why Busk, not? And Busk why couldn't you? Busker's dream. Yeah. Underneath, it has an input for your smartphone so that you can <laughs> play. Everything's backwards. I'm trying to do this, but everything's backwards. Yeah, right. So you can Focus, play, something, play some song and play along with it. It's trying to focus on my eyes. Okay. Hide my is that eyes, right? and there it is. Yeah, yeah. So you can plug in your headphones. You can plug in backing tracks um, through there. So um, yeah, it's really cool. Guitar Modillo, Electrophonic, EPGuitars.com. Because I remember having a player that. It year. looks like it's got a hot rails in it. It does look like that. Yeah. Um, and yeah, Dan, that's right. I, I took it to you to, at work just after I got it, didn't I? I was off on, on my it way somewhere. Was, didn't want to leave it heavy. in the car. It's quite heavy, but for what it's made out of it had quite good tone that's what i was quite surprised about it you wouldn't expect it to sound the way it does and it plays really good remember i gave you a shop and i was just like it's really easy to wail on it and um yeah no it, it's kick ass it's kick ass that actually one of my mates adrian um, mccormack he did a um he did a 3d printed guitar out of griffith university he, oh wow that was one of his projects and it was a telecaster it had like all these waves and stuff and like a it looked like the city of the gold coast imprinted in it and it was made out of the plastics and i did a demo with him at, at his um university and that thing sounded incredible and i was like this thing's made out of this 3d printed guitar yep yep and like it had a i think it had a normal neck and stuff bolted to it so it was just you know telecaster but the whole body was made of you know through 3d printing and yeah. that thing sounded great i was shocked yep yeah that, that's what really surprised me like when we talk tone woods and stuff is i've seen examples that just absolutely go against 
everything we're saying about tone wood. So it's it's that great debate. Is is it really about that? Can you take a piece of shit and turn it good with pickups? I've still got my very first electric in pieces behind me somewhere in one of those racks. No, that way it gets out of the way. Um, but it's hiding behind the pink base over there. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, there's... Um, and that's a plywood guitar, and I'd really like to um, try and put some good hardware and pickups in that and just see whether I can get that sounding really good. Well, aren't Dan, Dan Electro's plywood? I think they are, but they have a very particular sound. They've got a, like a wooden bridge and stuff on them as well. Yeah. Yeah, I've, I've got um, – well, I did I did have one of the double-neck ones. I recently just sold it, but <laughs> I had uh, – a Jimmy Page, one of the Jimmy Page model ones yeah. with the badass bridge on it as well. Yep. And, and that thing sounds great. Great for slide. Yeah. Blue slide. It's got the uh, steel nut up the top as well. Yep. But yeah, they're unique sounding things. The blue nut. What's like, that? Like a no, steel, steel nut up the top. Blue nuts? Not blue nuts. <laughs> blue nuts. No. Oh, this, this <laughs> right at the moment. <laughs> hey, um, hey, Dan. Uh, 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 you need to get that fixed. You need to get what's that? You need to get that fixed. Yes, Dan. I, I've been asking guys about how they approach a fretboard because everyone seems yeah. to be really different how they approach a fretboard. And I've probably asked you this over, you know, when we've been out, we bumped into each other. Um, when I sort of put my hand up and said, I don't know shit about what I'm doing. How do you do it? Um, do you have a particular method? <laughs> do you have a particular method that you use for navigating the fretboard? You know, like are you, do you use the cage system? Do you play around chord shapes? Do you use a three note per string? What, what's your take, man? Uh, it's funny because uh, one of my uh, good friends was talking to me about the cage system recently. And yeah. like, I've heard about it. But I don't know it, so I don't know whether I use the same system or not. But um, because I learn a lot of the songs and my technique, like a lot of the, my techniques from learning songs, mm-hmm. it was all just about patterns and then knowing where to go within the patterns up the fretboard. Yep. Um, and it wasn't till like later, it wasn't till later in like that I realised it's only four fingers, <laughs> so. I, I just approached it as like you got first, third, and fourth. Yep. You got first, second, and third, or first, second, and fourth. So it's like wherever you go on the fretboard, you're gonna. You're just gonna change between that finger, that finger, or that one. And okay, yep. So like it's either that. Those three or those three or... Yep. Like so, just, yes. As long as you get those individual fingers working, I feel like it's... You just shift. Like... So, it kind of sounds to me like you're using the three note per string scales then. So, most of yep. those shapes, you three notes, right? Yeah. So... Yeah, and if I use four, I'll just stay on the same string or like I'll... Like I'll just I'll just like yeah it is very much three notes like that I find myself doing. Yep. So did you have you clicked onto the fact that if you're playing three notes per string, there's a revolving pattern depending um, on what part of the fretboard you are. Like one, two, 
Hang on, I'll flick, flick the switch over here so people can see what the fuck I'm talking about. Um, one, two, four. One, two, four. This is, I'm just talking about the, the strings. Uh, let's see if this makes sense out of it. Yeah, but I'll find myself switching it up. It won't always be one, two, four, though. That's the thing I like. I'll switch one, two, four to one, three, four. Get my way here, peace. And turn down the light. So, yeah, one, two, four, one, two, four is always followed by one, three, four, one, three, four, which is always followed by whole tone. I can't, see, can't see your hands. You can't see my hands. Oh, hey, that's right. So you got one, two, four, one, two, four, one, three, four, one, three, four. Have you noticed that? That always, that always does no, it. Because I think that's where I, I throw myself off because depending on where I'm playing, I'll switch like, Or, like, I'll, I'll keep that one. Yep. Or I'll, depending where I am. Yep. I'll switch it up. So, like, I won't always use the third finger. Like, if, I, if I'm in a situation where... Like I'll I'll switch up between using the second that finger or that finger depending Get on where fucked. depending on where so, I am on the chord so to what to what pattern I'm doing. Yep. Sorry, folks at home. I just realised I, I had a, the camera on me looking at you going the whole time you were talking. Then rather on <laughs> you. Sorry. Sorry about that, folks. <laughs> turn the amp on. Plug yeah, yeah, yeah. Guy Guy Simon saying plug it in and let it rip down. While you're doing that, hey guy, thank, thanks man. The, the people from the place must have rang you for a reference, so you must have said the right things, mate. I got the job. Woohoo! <laughs> and I missed your call on Friday. I was on my way to a gig driving, so sorry I didn't answer. Can you hear that? Yep. So I can turn it up. bit of hum there. Yeah. Too loud? No, it naturally compressed. So, you're right. I'll bring it up so you can see. I know, it just sort of, it depends on where I am really in the, the scheme of things because like, I find myself using, sometimes doing, say, say I'm doing these three notes. Sometimes I find myself doing that. If I want to use the fourth. Yep, yep. Or I'll be like. Like I'll just shift between. Nice. My fucking head. Yeah, I was just gonna say, Skinny. I'm just looking at you, and you look like a, a proud father there, going, "Yeah, that's my boy. That's my boy." <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. So hey. as, as far as approaching the fretboard goes, it's uh, it's more just patterns, and then just knowing where I am, and then just using whatever finger like is gonna take me to that next spot. That's what she said. 
Oh. <laughs> Sorry. But I, one of the exercises that I, that I used to do, which was a, I think it was a Steve Vai inspired exercise, which got me to be able to separate. What's that? Which one is that? Is, is like the, I don't know if you know this one, is the. Yeah. Yep. Yep. That's where you, yep. where you do the... One, two, three, four, two, three, four, one, three, two, uh, three, four, one, two. Basically, you're doing, yeah? Yeah, yep. you just start again and yep. then progress yep. down. Like, I used to do that, you know, most ah. most times before I practice just to get my... Just get the separation going so then I'm... Okay, now do it fucking loud and proud. <laughs> God. Oh, I can't... So you're going to throw me off now. Ah, yeah, whatever. <laughs> uh, it's always the coming down that's always the problem, isn't it? Yeah, I, I suck at descending as opposed to ascending, yeah. And always getting put on the spot never helps either. Yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah. Oh, people are watching me. Yeah. Uh, Rob, Rob Giddings is asking about your cabs. Are they green boy cabs? Uh, Robbie talked about that earlier, mate. You might have to go back in the repeats. His dad built the cabs. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, my dad built them for me, and they've got magic inside them. Yes, yes. <laughs> this, this... I've, I've met his dad. Yep. He's pretty magical. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Built with love. <laughs> Awesome. It was his sperm that gave him life. Yeah, people are just responding to what I just said there. Yeah, pretty sure they're custom built by Dan's dad. That they were. That they were. So what guitars have you got your sights set on, Dan? What what don't you have that you'd love to have? I've always known you as a bit of a Gibson type of guy. I'm more a the Strat style player myself, but you're a Gibson-ish player. Mostly Les Pauls I've usually seen you playing. SG. Yeah. What's yeah, What's next? Oh, what's next? I, I, is there any? Is there anything else? Then a Les Paul. <laughs> I mean, I just sold. I just sold most of my Fenders. Um, yeah, what was up with that man? You had a big clear out um, of amps and guitars and stuff. I guess that yeah, happens. I, I did. I did the same. Yeah, I had a Wolfgang. I sold. It. I've got like three Wolfgangs, but now two Wolfgangs. Um, yeah, I just. I just. You know. Things I needed money for. I he, had more 30, he had 30 fucking guitars. I got like 12 Gibsons or something at home, like Flying V, Flying V, Explorer, got Les Pauls, SGs. Yep. Um, got you know, some Wolfgangs. You know what happened? What's he that? joined the pool. He did. He had sell some shit. Yeah, got, got poor. <laughs> I actually, Next. I think I made that joke to him. It's like, oh, it's only a year because you joined the poor. <laughs> Um, not, I don't know. I think I just got my mindset on just more Les Pauls. I'm just, I'm gonna buy a couple more and do this sort of thing to it. Yeah. Um, just do some custom jobs on them. Yeah. So I can, you know, not just two guitars on tour. I can have have a selection. Maybe you might get signed. Oh yeah, yeah. Not with bad plan like that. <laughs> Guy, guys asking whether your um, Wolfgangs are PVs or do you have other brands? I think that's what he's referring to. He just says PV question mark. 
Yeah, I, I have a. I've got one of the Hardtail PV USA Wolfgangs. Hardtail, um, nice. Hardtail, really nice. Yep. Amber uh, with the flame maple top. Not sure what year model it is. And then I've got one of the EVH, the Made in Japan ones, one from one of the first years that he went out and did his own. The EVH ones. Yeah. Um. I think it's a special, I think they're called. They're, they've changed it now. I think they're called something else. Um, and then the other one was a Korean PV one. I wouldn't mind getting one of the EBM M ones, the Ernie Ball Music Man ones. Yeah, be, yeah. It would be nice because that era of Van Halen, there's a lot of great songs written, a lot of his live, like Live Without a not Live Without a Net, the... Um, right here, right now. Yeah, right here, right now. Yeah. That yeah. killer. And that guitar was just full of just sweet tone. Yeah. <laughs> so, so when I was learning to play, we was around the Live Without a Net era. And um, so much like Skinny, you know, I wanted a, a Kramer because that's what he had, the, the 50 on 50 guitar there. Um, yeah. It was Steinberg too, didn't he? Yeah. Okay, talking about Tone Woods. Eddie Van Halen playing a freaking plastic guitar, a Steinberger. Yeah. It still sounds like Ooh. Eddie Van Halen. You don't listen to that and go, well, that sounds different. He had the mini guitars too there for a bit. Yeah, yeah. Little tiny, the tiny guitars. Do you know, you know the, the song, little, little guitars? guitars? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> because um, because of the song, he, he uses on little guitars. Do you know that song? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I had, um, that, that was on Dive It Down. I think it um, was. And, or, yeah, it was Dive It Down. That was the one album I didn't have. Because I remember reading that, the band didn't like that album. They put it out. It was all full of covers because of contractual obligations and shit. Um, and they just needed to get something out. So I never ended up buying it because this is back before you could stream music or anything. Awesome. And then when I heard the song Little Guitars, I was just like, this is my favourite Van Halen song. <laughs> Love it. Yeah. Oh, that's so funny because today that came up on my – I was just listening to me um, – my phone at work. Yep. And, and and little guitars came up. Really? I was like, and yeah, you say that, I'm like, what? What the fuck? <laughs> oh, Skinny, that's kind of like when I was saying uh, to my girlfriend, oh, yeah, I want to get the poor on there. Yeah, yeah, I should call Skinny. I should call Skinny. And we're driving out of J car, and who fucking drives straight in? And uh, <laughs> yeah, we hadn't crossed paths for yeah, a year or two, and it's just like, and I just said to Lauren, turn around. The guy I was just talking about. Just drove in. <laughs> it's classic. <laughs> yeah. That was classic, wasn't it? Yeah, well, that's just the way of the world, mate. When things are meant to be, yeah. they're just meant to be. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah, no, little guitars, that, um, well, the little flamenco intro is great. It's kind of, you know, the in the tradition of Spanish fly or eruption having a bit of a solo-y thing, but just the song. And, I mean, the tone isn't that different. I can hear that it's a Les Paul. Um, that's using the middle position, but I can't hear that it's a small Les Paul, that's for sure. So, Speaking of Fly, yeah. have you ever played Parker Fly, one of the original Parker Fly Deluxes or Mojos that they released years ago? No. That was a guitar that I, that's a guitar that I really wanted when I was younger. I was like, I want a Parker Fly guitar. How come? Who, who, who was playing one that, that made you want one? I think Red Simons was playing one on Hey Hey It's Saturday. Really? You know yeah. what? That yes, rings a bell. That rings a bell. And it was around the time that they were released. And I just remember they were just a wicked looking thing, just completely, you know, and they were made out of 
I think they had stainless steel frets, one of the first guitars that had stainless steel frets, and yeah. then the, uh, one of their guitars, I think the Deluxe made out Pobla, so super light, had real thin fretboards, they'll just, I think they had like a, um, I think the truss rod was different too, like titanium. Okay, yeah. Truss. Yeah. But... Yeah, I was just like always fascinated with them when I was when I was younger. I always wanted to buy one. I played one one time. Titanium uh, trust one. Yeah, but I wonder if that, that had any bend in it though. I don't know. <laughs> but <laughs> it would have been strong as fuck. But yeah, totally. I don't think they they don't make those models anymore. I don't think they just make models that are. I think they might have sold the company off to another company and they make cheaper models in in, in Indonesia or something. But okay. Always wanted one of those original Parker Fly guitars. Yeah, that was that's something I might acquire down the track. Yeah, yeah. Um, now, Skinny, you, you mentioned Hey Hey Saturday before, man. I got to say, one of the 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 best intro I've ever seen for a band doing a, a performance on Hey Hey Saturday was you guys with Kamal introducing Kamal. you guys. Fuck me, that was funny. Just in his. It was. It was yeah. class. Ladies and gentlemen. The poor, but there's a whole monologue before that, uh, with a you know, in his typical way of people so unkind kind of thing. And yeah. ladies and gentlemen, the poor, and then you guys rip out there and just kick some butt. I love that. <laughs> yeah, I think someone shared that on, on social media not long ago, and I was just like, because I used to love Hey Hey Saturday, I used to watch that all the time, and then just my favorite band and one of my favorite old shows together. I was just like, oh wow. So he's played what poison or, and then more wine or something on there. We did two we did more wine first, and then then the next time we we came on, I had Saturday we did poison. Yeah. But um, when we when we did the more wine thing, with uh with with Kamal, that sort of came up. Um, it just sort of it just sort of happened, you know. Kamal was walking past, and and I went. Oh, what what did we get Kamal to to intro us? And Daryl Summers was right there, and he, he goes, "That's a great idea. Let's do it. How can we do it?" Like, and Kamal's like, "Oh no, we won't do that. We won't be doing that. Like, this is a rock and roll band. No man, like, uh, and, and we're like, yes, that that'll be great. And and Summers was was the one that that really made it happen. Oh, really? Cause he, yeah, because he, he was just, he was so into it. He's like, this will be great. This will be funny, you know? <laughs> and uh, that's just, that's the type of guy he was. He was, he was. he was such a nice guy, man. Like, so, so, Who's that? Um, Daryl Summers or Kamal? In, in past tense. He's not, he's not dead yet. <laughs> is, is that Kamal or Daryl Summers you're talking about? Oh, both of them, but Daryl Summers, yeah, he's a, he's an awesome guy. He's just oh, cool. It's a shame that show's not shame that show's not going anymore. Oh, that, that was such a great show for Australia. Like, it was. There's so much of my uncle Daryl Summers. Yeah. So like, but my uncle's a lot funnier. Yeah, right. <laughs> There's just nothing like that on TV anymore. I I don't actually own a TV, but. Yeah, there used to be shit like that where there was Hey Hey Saturday and even, you know, when we got to Rove, they'd have good live acts and stuff on there. Yeah. People and actually playing forward, live. Yeah. Fast forward, fucking the big gig, fucking yeah. all, all that sort of shit. Yep. What um, is there now? I, I probably wouldn't know because I don't own a TV. I just watch YouTube and, and Netflix um, if ever I get the chance. Yeah. But um, mm. 
Yeah, it's not like it used to be. No. Fuck no. Different world. Different world. Like, just what you were saying before about sending out tapes to uh, Brent Eccles and, mm. you know, that tape. What the hell's a tape, you know? Like, yeah. now it's, I think it's more in the, the artist's hands to be able to promote themselves, um, use social media to their advantage. It um, is. It's, a, it's, it's kind of a lot easier, but on the other hand, there's a lot more people doing it. True. Yeah. It's going to be, you know, all these YouTube, YouTube sensations that, you know, it's kind of like you've got to be a YouTube sensation before the record companies and that, you know, even take a look at you almost with yep. today's, you know, music and stuff. Record companies nowadays are just distributors. Yeah. That's true. They're not, they're not even really hunting new talent or anything like that. Yeah. They just want to put it out there. Well, I think the but, whole concept of artist development died years ago in that they'd sign you up and they'd go, okay, we'll give you a five-record deal, buy your third album, you'll be kicking ass, we'll have the following. Now they just want instant hit. Uh, thank yeah. you, see you later. And Instagram and YouTube's your artist development. Well, well see, <laughs> now, nowadays albums aren't really a thing. Mm, mm. They are, they are to, to, the, to the people that want them, but bands, bands can just go dunk and put put a song out and then and then everybody wants wants to hear an album like later you know yeah but as long as there's a song getting thrown out you know, just getting thrown out boom 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 yep um so way it's going that's all, it's that's, more... all, that's all you care about as long as yeah. you're listening to that that band. Yep. Yeah. I don't think if anyone approaches me about doing an album for them, I don't think I would do it in that way anymore of, yeah, let's get our 12 songs together and then release it all. No. I, I think I'd seriously talk to the person and go, let's do one song at a time, release it, next, release. That just seems to be more how people are, are buying these days. Um, yeah, that's exactly what we're going through right now. Yep. And people's attention spans are much shorter these days. You kind of got to keep them interested, not just today, but like every month. Yeah. So releasing a song every couple of months, you're more likely to keep people's interest up and releasing 12 songs and then nothing for mm. another year or two. Yeah. It's, and then, then, you, then you can grab all of those songs and put them on an album and release it as an album. Yeah. Like, yeah. As a package later on. But it's, uh, it's yeah. But yeah. people, you know, someone's famous this week and next week, they're old news. So you got to keep keep people's interest. Absolutely, you know? absolutely, yeah. The way I see it now, a lot of people will have that one major hit, uh, but maybe a follow up single. They'll go do the festival circuit around the world and sort of be on these big things for a year or two, and then it's see you later, isn't it? It's not like, I mean, you got to really. You're doing doing a lot of stuff to, to keep your your name in there. It's kind of like Miley Cyrus a few years ago when she was doing the whole wrecking ball stuff and and being real outrageous. I feel like that was all just an attention to keep herself in the headlines. Oh, yeah. as, soon as, as soon as she stopped that, she's disappeared. She only her name pops up whenever she has a marriage breakdown or something, you know. Yeah, <laughs> but, yeah, yeah. But but hey, that that's an that's another thing to keep yourself in the papers. Too. Yeah, yeah. So, oh, there, there's a scandal, you know. Yeah. And like to me, to me, that's 
it's just fucked. Well, you kind of got to be that way these days to keep people interested. You got to be a bit more extreme, or, or you know, keep but, stuff out there. Yeah, if 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 you want to keep yourself in in that sort of thing, but yeah. I always always think that a song will always yeah make you quality. in the headlines no matter what. Yeah, if it's quality over. Yeah. I just had the stupidest question pop in my head. What's your guys' funeral yeah. song? When you die, what song are they gonna play at your funeral? I don't know why the fuck that popped in my head. You're just talking about great songs, and I just thought, yeah, what would be what would be my song if I was like, you know? <laughs> for me, for me, it's Ultra Bridge, Wonderful Life. Yeah, I, I don't know the song. I'll have to look it up. I'm gonna I'm gonna write that down right now. Ultra Bridge. I I have no idea actually. Ultra Bridge, Wonderful Life. Did you say, mate? Yep, Wonderful Life. Okay, you know the best funeral song I've ever heard. Um. When I worked at Apple, I was a trainer there and I used to get uh, I was, special needs people they'd send to me. I just had an affinity with them. We had this guy, Bob, and Bob would have been in his 50s and he had a car accident and lost, he was paraplegic, lost half the use of one side of his body, etc. But, you know, he was still there. He'd wheel into the shop in his little motorized scooter and be checking out all the chicks and, uh, yeah, real, real cat. When he passed away, I went to his, his funeral and everyone was all serious. And I was sitting there with his ex-brother-in-law, who was his carer. And then they played the funeral song. Skyhooks, you just like me because I'm good in bed. Yeah. <laughs> and everybody just turned to each other as, and looked at each other like, what, what? <laughs> and I'm there high-fiving his, his ex-brother-in-law, the carer, uh, just going, Go, Bob. Fucking stick it up, mate. That was the best funeral song. That's so funny. Isn't it? Isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what made me think of that, but uh, yeah. Maybe, maybe I should just change change it. Um, my one to tell someone who cares. Yeah. <laughs> no Way to please. Uh, <laughs> That'll be my mum's for sure. <laughs> So Skinny, Skinny, I mean, I, before like, I, I didn't say the, the song title, I just said, oh, when you guys had the hit, I just said the hit. Would it piss you off if that was the only song you were known of, you know, when you, when you died, you went, oh, everyone's going to know me for that song? Or are you um, thankful? It's just like, because I saw Ray Parker Jr. And saying, you know, like, if the worst thing in my life is that people come up to me and say, hey, Ghostbusters. Well, man, I made millions off that. If that's the worst thing that's going to happen to me, hey, I've done all right. I had the same question from from a friend, just well, a, a new friend, just the other day. Yeah. Like, and man, I love our songs. I, I'm proud of them. Man. Yeah, yeah. Well, we we wrote we wrote those songs. That song was a fucking hit, and it was and it was a. It's it's a great song. It still is a great song. Fuck yeah! And Fuck yeah! Everyone loves that song. I love that song. Yep. And like every time we play it, it's fucking, it's awesome. I think you know, that like, song will, would get new fans if it was re-released today. Like, yeah, it yeah. Would, it would still hold to the test of time, really. Yeah, totally, yeah, it's totally. One, it's one of those songs, you know. Yeah. It's fucking. Well, it's one of those great Aussie pub drinking songs. It's on all those compilations albums, isn't it? Aussie pub songs. And yeah. I've mentioned you guys to, to people before, if, okay, oh, you, you know the poor, and they'll go, oh, no, and I, I just sing a bit of that song, and they go, oh, yeah, of course, I know that song. 
Of course you do. <laughs> hey, Dan, what's your favourite song to play with the poor? Oh, that is a hard question because when I was younger, like, I used to love, I used to really love, like, Dirty Money and um, oh, some of the other songs. Uh, you were saying Dirty Money the other day that, that, that you loved. That was, like, one of my favourite songs. Oh. But to play live... I mean, I love the energy of more wine waiter, please. I guess it's a classic. So, like, I always just get such a great vibe playing that song. Yeah. Plus, I bet that the crowd picks up when you're playing it too and you'd feed off that. Oh, yeah. Po- Poison's been, been great to play as well. Yep. So, I sneak in a little bit of teeth playing at the end now and <laughs> and, and, and do my own thing in that song. Um, but oh, some of the, the ones that we played on the last tour, like, um, downtown and downtown. Hair and the dog. Man, I love that whole album. Ain't on the chain. Ain't on the yeah. like. I literally can play any of those songs off that album and just just love every moment of it. So cool, cool. Is it? Are, are there any songs that that you guys um, that people keep asking you to play that you actually don't like? You go, oh no, we don't actually like that one. Is it, or you you got you're proud of all your babies. Um. I keep getting asked to play one of the songs by. <laughs> keep getting asked to play Jesus. Jesus, yeah, I was going to say, keep getting asked to play Jesus. No, I, I just keep Bobby mate longing. Yeah. He, he, he's, he just loves. I just keep song Jesus and just saying I won't have it. <laughs> it was just we just don't have fucking room in the set. Yeah. Like it, it's a great song. But we, we just haven't learned it yet. No. You know, we, we just haven't learned it with Dan yet. Uh, I just learned everything else around it. Yeah. We'll get to yeah, it. We've still got, we've got so many songs up our oh. sleeve. How many albums did you guys have? How many How many albums you got? Three three albums, two EPs. Yep. So I can, I can play like, I can play the whole Who Cares album now, like, you know, mm. and then probably about five or six songs off the other two EPs. Like albums, so I've I've got like probably twenty or thirty songs there to learn. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I've still got a few there to learn, but you know we're writing songs now, so yeah, that's yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're, we're new shit's coming in. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Rob Giddings is saying rock and roll survivor demo version. Oh, the demo version, yeah. Jesus! Yeah. That's, that's that was one that we recorded in Darwin. Um. Fuck, that's a long time ago now. That was like 1989, I think, we recorded that. Yeah. Oh, I know. Yeah, yeah, probably around about then. Yeah, that's Rob Giddings. He also says, love lump, love the poor, be proud skinny, your music fucking rocks. (laughs) Cheers, mate. Yes. Yeah, checks in the mail. (laughs) So you you guys said you're writing new stuff. Is it in the vein of just the classic poor sound there's no new directions it's not like oh we're bringing spiritual sitar music to the to the fold you know wait till you hear us you know we're 
nothing nothing new no synthesizers you guys haven't discovered synthesizers and drum machines nah it's still balls to the wall heads Roar balls to the rock. wall yeah um, we'll, we'll, I'll just give I'll just give you the name name of the uh, new song that we just wrote yesterday yep which we we've probably been working on for a, for a little while but we got it down yesterday it's uh, it's called payback's a bitch yep ain't it <laughs> that's pretty much a poor song yeah <laughs> yep it sounds like it sounds like a poor song yeah, yeah. yeah. kick ass yeah where where haven't you guys played that you want to play is there been you're like fuck we've never played in blah 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 or we never played blah, blah. anything spring to mind um europe you guys haven't done europe aren't you guys off to europe soon Next year? Hopefully. Hopefully. Yeah. Why? What do you know? Uh, <laughs> no, we're not, we're not, not. No plans as yet. No plans as yet. Okay. Okay. Um, um, I must. I must have heard wrong. That's okay. Um, I, I do. I talk to a lot of people. I got you. Must. Must have got you guys confused with somebody else. <laughs> uh, no. No. Maybe. Maybe we. Uh, well, here's the deal. We want to go to Europe, and there's opportunities, but we haven't worked them out yet. Uh-huh. Well, when you guys do decide to go to Europe, you know I've lined you up uh, some back lines so you don't have to take too much gear. You can take your pedal boards, but amps, cabs, Engel have got you sorted. I uh, had a word to uh, my friend Jürgen, who's the CEO of Engel, and He'll look after you guys for backline while you're over there, if you make it oh, over there. Yeah, yeah, we were talking about that. We? Yeah, we were, yeah. Yeah, awesome. make, make, make things a little lighter for you. I offered the same thing for Dead Letter Circus, but uh, they have a solid They're stage. Axe effects guys, yeah, yeah. 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 That's uh, pretty interesting, that, that concept. When you're talking to Luke... Um, with the silent stage thing, they're, obviously they're drum kits. Not so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, how, fuck that. How, how's that? How's that go? Um, I don't get it because there's a lot of obviously the stages they're playing the the way the PA set up. Because you know when most. Yeah, well, I'll go with you. Do you know when you? Because I wanted to ask him this question. When you when you go to a lot of gigs and stuff, and you know if you're playing with amps cranked up real loud and and shit most of the people in the front row always just get the fucking exactly the amp or blaring in their face you yep. know yep does that cancel out that whole thing or are they mainly just are they hearing a, an acoustic drum kit coming back at them all you'd hear on stage is the acoustic drums first band I heard doing that was Garbage um, yeah. back in the day and I thought to myself that'd be weird now I'm just going to use this as an example somebody that, that I saw um was Regurgitator uh, a few years ago at the Cooley, and I was right down the front. There was hardly anyone there. Now, you know, they, they, they're a three-piece, but they use a lot of program stuff, so they've got tracks running. And what I noticed being right down the front was, yeah, I could hear the tracks remotely coming out from the, the PA out to the side, but when I was listening to the stage, because their wedges are facing, facing them, so you didn't get much of that. And it sounded like it didn't have that full sound. You know, like I was expecting to hear all the bells and whistles from the album that they have on tracks, um, but I could faintly hear it coming out the back. I'm sure that, that people behind me would have heard it in the throw of the speakers, but coming off the stage wasn't 
that. All you could hear was the raw band, which wasn't that big piece because they're a very different band, with obviously with all the synths and stuff. A lot of people go to the front of the stage to hear that. Exactly. So, what I want to know, like when they run the silent stage, do they even have fallbacks? No, because no, it's all system. Yeah. So pretty much what you'd be hearing is acoustic drums at the front, and then whatever power they've got at the PA cranking the songs out. Hey, that'd yeah. be fucked. So, yeah. So I just, I'm just really interested. Does uh, maybe a question to ask him next time you talk to him? Do they, do they deaden the drums like in the studio when you're running triggers and stuff? Like, do they deaden them so, or when you're doing a film clip? Do you know how they like deaden drums? Yeah. Is this Mike Dead Letter Circus you're talking about? Yeah, is that or do they just go full live drums and then just have you know full, like, full live just drums? Intrig- it's just intriguing. It's just intriguing to me to to know what the yeah. So you you guys don't do the in ears in ear monitors? Uh, some of the boys, you know, Skinny's just been starting to get on them recently, and the I think Gav the drummer he's been running he's for been quite a while. Yes, yeah. yeah. So Skinny, since you've been using in ears, do you still have wedges all around you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just because as... I can't deal with it. I, I can't um, unless you're like fully touring the whole time, and you've got a got a fallback guy there that's that's you know, and he knows your shit, and it's when you're going from venue to venue to venue, and it's different guys, different uh, different systems, and and everything. You can't get the same consistency, you know. Mm. I'd love to have that happening, and I probably will in the future. But at the moment, it's it's like I'll have them in half the time, and then and then I'll have them out because I I still love that pumping live sound, you know. Yeah. yeah. But you know, the sound just gets gets too loud. And, you know, your ears start to compress, mm-hmm. and and you you start wondering about your tone. Like what what tone? For me as a singer, I start wondering about what key I'm on. Yep. Uh, and then as soon as I put them in, just like earplugs. But as soon as I put the inner ears in, I can actually hear myself straight away. Yeah. And boom. Yep. Straight on. And and you go, oh no, I'm all right. I'm right. I'm right. It's it's just where when your ears compress when you when you don't have them, you start. It just starts becoming confusing. Mm-hmm. You know, like uh, you, you can't determine what tone everything is because your ears are just going just compressing the whole time. Yeah. Yeah, they're they're a good thing in that way, I reckon. Yeah, like I've had a little bit of experience using them only like doing the pub gigs. Yep. Obviously, when you play at the Grand Hotel, you got to wear wherever it is. <laughs> I love how you're shaking your head there. <laughs> Everyone who's played that venue uh, knows our our pain. Grand, that's where I first yeah. saw you play. Skinny jumped up and then sung an ACDC song. Oh, at really? The Grand Hotel. When I when I was playing there one night, um, but yeah, like I one one show on our last tour, I decided to run in ears for one of the shows. Literally got halfway through a song, ripped them out because 
the in-ear pack. I was using Sennheiser's wireless system, cutting in and out. I was having a problem with signal, and I was like, screw this. Yeah. Just threw it out. So, yeah. like, um, relying 100% on that, yeah, on that system without a backup plan, I feel like I'm a bit, you know, I haven't gone... 100% in on that yet because I have had problems with, you know, depending on what venue you're in, you know, using wireless. Imagine even, if it can just... be very, it can be very hot and cold sometimes. Your wirelesses don't want to work it properly in one one venue compared to another venue. Mm -hmm. Run purely via wireless. You know, I, I just... they'd have to have something that that was just like unfoldable. And what and what is? Yeah. Um, yeah, it's come a long way. It's a lot cheaper wireless now than it used to be, uh, and, and in ears. Um, but yep, your phone's on the on there again. Um, I have tried not proper, really good ones. I've had just budget ones that I've tried in the past, and not having a dedicated monitor guy um, for me totally sucked. I'm sure if I did it and I had a monitor guy, um, it'd be a different story. Plus, I think I'd want ambient mics to keep a feel yeah. for being yeah, the there. Yeah, when I have tried it, uh, I was using a camper at the time and it was so direct in my ears that when I wasn't playing wrong notes, it sounded like I was playing wrong notes and it spooked me. You know, you're too scared. It was like, oh, I can hear everything. And yeah, it that, wasn't for me. That idea that, that, idea that um, Palmer brought up in your chat together was a great idea. Mm -hmm. the, the, the volume pedal. Yeah, yeah. With the ambient mic and the, the volume pedal, so he can bring in as much ambience as he wants from the room yep. into his in-ear system. That was, that's great. It is very, yeah, yeah. Hey, uh, we, we got a question here from David McDonald. Uh, more excitement or nerves about opening for Kiss? Are you guys more excited or nervous? The Poor has played with some of the biggest bands, but how's the nerves playing with the biggest band? Over. Oh, we, we took with Kiss in in '95, uh, so ah. there's no there's no nerves at all. But That's I haven't played with Kiss, so uh, on that front, uh, <laughs> yeah. Well, he might have some nerves. I don't. I'm, I'm excited because I really I've always wanted to play the entertainment center, so I'm excited. I'm nervous about sharing that same stage. Yeah, and. and uh, I think I'm just more excited about the exploring the stage and, and rocking out. I think once I'm up there and see this guy going crazy, then I think the nerves will, will die out. Yeah. yeah. But I always feel more comfortable in, in front of a bigger audience. As, I'll, as I'll, be watch, I'll be watching this guy go crazy. <laughs> All right. Like like you said earlier, like I'm I'm pretty shy yep. kind of person. And not like the smaller the audience, I think the more nervous the more the more uncomfortable i feel yes mm. oh, i'm the same yep, I'm the same. yep. i think it's fairly get, common that like yeah, if i yeah, pick it sit around with a guitar and people are like oh play me something like, uh, but put me out on the stage in front of yeah the more the the more people the more freer the better i play i'm like oh fuck it yeah let's go i can do that um yeah 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 more confidence in yourself you're feeding off them yeah yeah well playing before for you just just before on guitar, it was way more nerve-wracking for me than getting up in front of twenty thousand people or something. Like I, 
that's oh. where I feel at home. Yeah, well, dude, I've hit you up so many times. I've given up on coming over, you know. Come over and jam. We show each other some stuff. And you've always gone, oh, I can't play in front of you, man. And and I'm, <laughs> I'm the same. I'm like, well, I can't play in front of you. You know, let's both not play well in front of each other and just forget that shit, you know. <laughs> yeah. That's, you know, you know what all, all is awesome about that? That's, that's, that's being humble, man. It's, that's... Um, that's that's been great people, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think there was a, a real gunslinger attitude amongst guitar players back in the late eighties. Um, and it was all very yeah, fuck you, I'm better than you, I'm better than you. Nah man, a few years ago I put my hand up and just went You know what, I, I really don't know what I'm doing. Yeah. Can you show me what you're doing? And yeah, you know, learning from my friends who thought that I knew what I was doing when I tried, I didn't. And it was just amazing when you drop the guard just to see um, the different way people approach a fretboard, which is why I asked you before, Dan, how you approach it, because everyone's different, and I think we all learn from each other, you know. And yeah, yeah, no, it's good. You can't you can't be too on yourself when it comes to guitar playing, because every day there's someone out there doing something that's just mind blowing. Like when you you said you still you watch YouTube all the time, it just makes you want to not play guitar. Like, I'm the same. I'll go and I'll watch something. I'm like, I'm not. I don't even look up guitarists on YouTube or anything anymore. I'm like, you know what? I'm not trying to be the greatest guitarist in the world anymore. I just want to be my my own guitar player. Yeah. yeah. And do what I need to do in the bands that I'm in or or create an individuality, create my own character. Write and, some fucking songs. Yeah, well, that too. Amen. But, it's all about a good song, isn't it? You could have the most shredding guitar player over shit music and there's been a few bands like that in the, the 80s yeah. um where they had all the guys that were super fast and they all had the singers who could out out to each other you know these big strong men who sang really high it's like god oh, come on um uh, yeah and there's no yeah it's all about good songs what's the point if you if you song shit you know yeah exactly i also found too that i just stopped concentrating on being the most technical player or whatever and and realize that, you know, I love playing on stage. And I feel that if you're not, if you can't hone your craft on stage, like yeah. I, that's that for me is more important. Being able to perform, um, because I've seen plenty of guitarists that are that are technically better than me, that are better guitarists than me, but they stand on stage and they're boring to watch. And I, mm. I don't want to be that guy. I want to be that guy that people are, wa are watching and going. How's he doing that? Yeah. Or, or wow, he's he's great. I'm not because of what I'm playing, but because of the feeling that I give the audience. So yeah. I've always said, you got to see a band, you don't got to hear one. Mm. Mm. And that's that's it. I'm going to see a band tonight. Yep. Yes, yes, you are. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. You're right there. And going to see you guys is definitely one of those experiences. Like I said, Skinny, just from the moment I saw you, you guys back in as the poor boys in the early 90s, and I remember just thinking, fuck. And it was funny. I said to, to my girlfriend before we, we started this, and, and um, yeah, I've got to know you over the years since then. And I, I, it's for me, I forget that you're that same guy that I saw back then. And, <laughs> and um, Hey, I was, very, I was surprised you weren't as tall as I thought you were. You, you man, you, when you're on stage, you're fucking seven foot tall, bro. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're one of those guys. You go, fucking look at that guy. But um, yeah, it, 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 
Yeah, now you guys are just, you, you're one of those bands. It's just great to watch. It's just got that energy and fucking love it. Thanks, Love man. it. Yeah, never let it down. Hey, Dan, you know, you said you were really nervous about doing this and how you, you wouldn't be able to talk and you, know, you, you thought, oh, man, I'll talk for three minutes and I'll have nothing to say. How long do you reckon we've been talking? Fucking three hours or something. Yeah. yeah, I told you. Average goes for three hours and I keep I, I start seeing it and going. So I got, it's good I got this guy here. <laughs> yeah, but no, man, whenever we've been out, you know, and we bump into each other at parties and shit, we, this is what we yeah. do. This is why I started doing this as a show is because... This is just how we chat with our friends that are yeah. into guitars and shit. And, oh, that's yeah. great. I'm yeah. comfortable at a party, drunk, talking to some people one-on-one. I'm, you know, I, I can talk shit for, for ages. Oh, the, well, the embarrassing thing is whenever I've seen you out is, um, I, I told you before, when I worked at Apple, I fucking talked all day and yeah. it's destroyed my voice. And, like, if I'm trying to talk over loud music... You've heard this, Dan. You know what I'm talking about. I sound like a, a fucking teenage boy when my voice cracks. Everyone goes, oh, <laughs> Yeah. And it's damn embarrassing. So whenever I'm out with you and we're chatting, I'm just like going, ah, oh, just come over and hang out, man. So I don't have to talk over this and sound, yeah, sound yeah. stupid. Yeah. I think I definitely have to. We've broken the, the seal here. Yeah, man. totally. Totally. Yeah. So, hey, hey, Skinny, have you got – Anything that you've picked up as a singer over the years, like if somebody was like, I fucking love the way that guy sings, so I wish I knew how I could do that. What Have you got any advice for people? What's the thing you've picked up? You could pass on to another singer. You go, you, you know what, what the key is, mate? You know? Anything anything that well, you're aware of? What what I what I used to do? Or, well, just uh, some, just what, what would you pass on? Just that v- invaluable. So I, I, I tried to, it's really hard to explain. But What's that? Everybody can sing. And there's a lot of people that say that they can't sing mm-hmm. and they're tone deaf and all this shit. That's uh, bullshit. That's bullshit. I say if you, if you want to learn how to sing and, and you can't, you start with your speaking voice. Yep. And you work your way through it. And that's that's my first lesson. I've, I've I've taught quite a few people how to sing before, but you start with your talking voice, and you got to work your way through it. And when when you you, you work, ah, oh, I'll explain it. So um, speech speech level singing. Yeah, you start you start here, and then you 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 bring your voice to to a point where you know you start squeezing your your vocal cord, and. Um, it's, it just becomes it becomes natural, but a lot of people go ah, oh, and they they try and jump straight straight ahead. But you gotta you gotta start here, yep. where your voice is in in the middle of of your vocal cords, and then and then and then just start try not to push it until you get to the utmost point where you're not talking anymore mm. and you're starting to. Get a little bit of a, a a bit of a noise about your voice, and then 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 you can start squeezing it right there. And when you start squeezing it there, that's when you start getting into a yell. Fuck yeah! Fuck yeah! When you start getting into a yell. You can start getting into a scream. Hell yeah! There you go, folks. You want to you want to hear the man without a microphone doing that kind of shit. I, I know some guys that won't do that because they reckon it's all about mic technique and it's it's all. But there you go. That's that's a ballsy rock and roller right there. So did you, did you reckon more wine helps you? <laughs> so I'm just gonna have a look at some of the questions there, guys. Uh, 
Uh, people just commenting on what we were talking about before. Egos have got much better. Guy is saying 928. I have no idea what he's talking about there. Uh, David McDonald says, as you know, Dan, I've always drawn so much inspiration from you, but a question for you all, where is everyone's inspiration come from? Surely there's going to be a huge range that everyone else has. So I think we talked a little bit about inspirations earlier. Yeah. Yeah, Dave, you might want to watch a rerun there, mate. The guys did talk just about different inspirations over the way. Um, what else we got here? What's a story about Stone's Green Ginger Beer? I've seen pictures of Bond drinking it, seen <laughs> Angry drink it, Not seen you sculling a bottle at, at Skinny. What's the secret? Yeah, yeah, that's that's um, that's a that's a that's an old secret. <laughs> <laughs> it's, I, I I think I think it's. More stones. I think, it, <laughs> I think it's more like uh, it's stones green ginger wine. It's not ginger beer. Okay. Stones green ginger wine, and um, aptly named wine. More wine way to please. Yeah. Um, but the ginger, the green ginger wine is is like really good for your vocal cords. Oh really? Uh, yeah. Yep. It, it, it helps it, but. You shouldn't drink too much of it because um, it dries you out in the end, and and yeah, you start getting husky. I think I say don't drink too much of it because you'll turn out like you. Yeah, yeah, no, you <laughs> too much of it because I'm coming to get the rest of it. <laughs> you have, have shares in that wine, Steve? You should. <laughs> no, no, but ang- angry has, and I'm the one that put him onto it. Oh, oh really? Yeah, yeah. I can speak on about that. Yeah, hey, yeah. That's, he's sponsored by Green Stones Green Ginger Wine now, and I'm fucking spilling. Oh, really, really? You got sponsorship with him? Yeah, he's got sponsorship, and and, and I was the one that put him onto it. Yeah, oh, right. What when a classic. We were on the ZZ Top tour. So that's yeah, pretty right. much the rituals, right? There's not the band ZZ Top. Yeah, like I said, man, you guys just scored all the the great supports. You you forgot to mention ZZ Top. <laughs> yeah, yeah, man. I remember when I was a kid, ZZ Top played down the road from me. Uh, down the road, it was probably about ten kilometers away, and I could hear it clear as a bell from my place. So that must have been one hell of a loud concert. It was them mm. and the Angels, and that was back in the yeah. Awesome. I remember uh, a concert like that when I was growing up. Silverchair in Coffs Harbour Showgrounds. They were the same. I could hear them miles away. Really, around the time of their Freak Show album tour, when they were heavy as. But, oh, they were awesome, man. Yeah, man, that was that was killer. I remember those kids. He used like, to scream like a dinosaur back then. He used to, he used to do the scream, and I was just like, wow. <laughs> I, I went to their um, EP launch because I was with Sony as well. Yeah. And um, it was at the Phoenician Club in Sydney, and I walked upstairs because we, we were all guests, you know, Sony and that, and walked upstairs, and, and I'm like, where's the beer? You know, looking around for the for the uh, fridge, and there's these parents and there's these little kids in this, in the corner. <laughs> and, I'm, and I'm like, I looked around and I was like, that's them. Wow. And the parents are like, who are you? And I went, I'm skating from the poor. How are you going? And and these guys got up. They went, you're skating from the poor. And they, they can't, they, were, they, were, they just surrounded me like, 
you know, like fucking little dog sort of thing. <laughs> and and they were like, oh, how did you do that with with that? Uh, where did you film that uh, film clip for, for Man of War? And like that, they were just like full on into it. And, that, and I was just like, awesome. These kids are unreal. Cool. They were like 14, 15. And just, they were just into it, you know. They just, they didn't care any about anything but the music, you know. Yeah, yeah. Hey, I got one for you, Skeeny. It says, uh, ACDC and the poor, Darwin Showgrounds, they had to close the internet international airport for that concert true story yeah they shut true. down the airport because of you guys yeah. well, you and acdc yeah yeah that was awesome man that was a great gig wow <laughs> wow yeah, if that, you had that, to re if you had to relive any of those tours again man which, which is the one if you had to choose out of all those bands that you played with over the years what one tour would you relive oh fuck there is either the barbed wire ball Mm -hmm. with uh, Angels, Screaming Jets, The Poor, and Who's Guilty. That tour was off the chart. Or it would have been the Akadaka one in 96, the Ball Breaker Tour. Wow. Awesome. The Ball Breaker Tour was only three months. And, <laughs> yeah, the, um, the... The other one was pretty fucking out of control. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> cool. How, how do you hold up, like, vocally? Um, do you ever sort of wake up and go, holy fuck, we're going to play tonight, and mm -mm, it's not quite there, or you, you, you're a bit of a just, mate, show goes on, we're fucking... Because I've heard Barnsley apparently has never lost his voice. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'm the same. I've never lost my voice, but... Um, you know, you, you do get those those days when you go, oh fuck, am I am am I going to make it? And then and then when it comes comes to the show, you go, oh fuck. But the whole day you're going and looking after your voice, you know? yeah, yeah, because you're worried about it because yeah. you don't want to do a bad show. You want to make it right, so yeah, you just. You know, it's a, a, a lot of it with, with singers is sleep. You, you need sleep to heal, you know. Yep. And, yep. Um, if you're partying all night. Then. Yeah, if, you, if, you, <laughs> if you're partying all night, it's like fucking <laughs> bad, bad remedy. Yeah. But then, then again, sometimes I've fucking partied all night and gone right through the next day and then got up and done the gig and, and been fine. Yeah. So it's hit and miss. It's yeah. so hard. it's so hard to gauge. Yeah, you mentioned Sony earlier. I, I played guitar for a chap um, who was signed with Sony as a solo artist, and when we were on the road, every morning I knew when he woke up because you'd hear coming from his bedroom. It must have been something he'd do to check his his vocal how he woke yeah. up <laughs> every morning. No, no, no. You would hear. Woo. He'd just do that. Woo. <laughs> You're like, oh, Tony's awake. He's just he, he's just checking his voice. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. There's there's certain things you, that you do, um, and my main one just before I go on just before I go on stage is like, uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was, oh, no! I was waiting yeah. for it. Oh, oh, okay, for I'm it. ready. I knew. Yep. I was waiting just for it. <laughs> blow out a few cobwebs. There it goes. Yep. <clears throat> Good, yeah. Because I, I hear that the worst possible thing for a singer to do is to go, 
because that's actually smashing your vocal cords together. That whole <clears throat> thing. Um, have you have you heard that? No, 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 no. I've heard vocal teachers say that that yeah. But when you coughing is probably the worst thing that that you can have as a singer. Yeah, yeah. Especially when you're um, coughing up in the in the top. Well, I, I I look at my my vocal cords as a you know as an actual box. Yep. So I I can sing through all, all the whole different parts of it. You know, through mm-hmm. the middle, through each. If 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 this isn't working over here, I, I'll I'll shift it to this side. And sing through that part, or sing through the middle, or mm. you know, as you get down the bottom, that's all your fucking bottom part here. But if you go up the top and over to this side over here, I can sing through there, and I'll go ah, over that side, or sing through right through the middle. You know, it's um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you can change it around. You can change it around. Well, I can. Yep. I can change it around. And does the tone change find... if you stand on your head? <laughs> I don't know. Does <laughs> the top become the bottom? <laughs> no, it wouldn't. So, if we've got anybody still there in the chat room, any uh, any questions for the guys before we, we wrap wrap things up here? I was I was about to type that, but I'm yeah, just going to say it. Yeah, yeah. So, if anyone's out there and you got anything you want to hear the guys talk about before we wrap things up, now speak now or forever. Hold your peace. <laughs> nobody, nobody. Going once, going twice. Sold. Guys, thank you so much for your time. It's been awesome having a chat to you. Thank you, Rick. Yeah, yeah. I've been trying for a while to line up the whole (laughs) Skype and everything. It's like, guys, guys. Uh, We got it in the end. I promised to download Skype onto my computer. I literally literally rebuilt one of my laptops in AIM to get the Skype going. Yeah. And ended up putting it on... My wife's computer. <laughs> I, um, well, I, I've been asking you guys for a while, and one of my guests a couple of weeks ago, Mika, said to me, don't ask me what time, just tell me what time, and I'll be there. And I took that approach with, with Dan this time. I sent him a message last week. just said, you, me, Tuesday, 7.30, talking guitars and shit. See you there. No, no, does that work for you? And he was like, was okay, cool. we'll we make it work. <laughs> make it work. Yeah. So, let it happen. Yeah. So, folks, thanks again for listening in. If you dropped in later on, there'll be a rerun up there. So, you got here if, in case you guys missed any of it. Dan, Skeeny, thank you guys. And I will bid all a good night and see you next time. I just find my little outro. See ya. <laughs>